in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your Huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome everybody, it is Thursday, October 20th, this is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you live as always from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Find out how you can get your MBA and feel like you're getting paid for it in the process by going to business.louisville.edu today. We're here from 3 to 6, we want to hear from you in between now and then. Text on the Thornton text line at 502-414-1450 while you're at it, download that Refreshing Rewards app, save you money every time you need to fuel up at one of the 73,312 area Thornton's locations. We're here with Trevor Kelsey rocking a t-shirt again. Said he was going to go sweatshirt today. Held off. He's still going. You're like Mike, Mark Weinberg holding off on uh, on turning on the heat in your house. You're holding off on putting on warm weather clothes. You're going to wear t-shirts from now until at least mid-November. Well, the thing was is they turned the heat on in here. It does feel warmer. H- had here. they not turned the heat on in here? Because I usually go. I don't go t-shirt under my hoodie sometimes. Oh, that's right. I forgot. So, I mean, I mean, unless you want me. And I come in here and it's hot in the hoodie. I mean, if you want me to take the hoodie off, I don't mind. I don't mind. But I'm trying to, yeah, I mean, but. There uh, are other people here today. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's some married ladies around here. I can't be doing that to the husbands. Debbie's not going to go for that. No, I mean, you're, you're already looking dapper enough and walking up in here like, like a big cup of sex as is. I'm wearing normal clothes today. <laughs> no, yeah. that's all it takes sometimes. Yeah. You, you walked in and like jaws were dropping on the way it's here. It's like the old days. It's like I, I'm wearing jeans today. It's a, it's a, it's a throwback <laughs> to 2019, pre-pandemic, when I actually cared a little bit. You've got the jeans on, and none of too tight, but shows enough curves. You've got the... <laughs> <laughs> they used to be much tighter. <laughs> These were once skinny jeans I did put ago. them. I put them on like three weeks ago for the first time, and I was like, oh my God. I was like, I don't know if I have a belt that fits these things. You've got, you've got the, the nice pullover on. Little hoodie, yeah. The, the clean, the clean Louisville hat. Clean Louisville hat, yeah. Going clean hat today. You got, you got the uh, the shirt underneath it to make it look nice. I mean, yeah, you're 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 pimping over here. I'm feeling, uh, you know, like a normal human being. Is it date night tonight? Now we're taking the kids to the uh, the Iroquois Jack O' Lantern thing. Ah, right when we get off here, so uh, had to at least have the jeans on. There, you just walk around and look at all the cool Jack O' Lanterns that people have carved out. Yeah, it's not just a clever name. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is. I've never been. Mary's been a couple of times. I've never been to the the Jack O' Lantern spectacular, but I've heard. I think KRC was actually talking about it this morning. Apparently, they finally have figured out. I don't know why it took a pandemic for people to figure out that they need to have, you know, time slots for events like this. It shouldn't just be like, like a free for all because it's going to create mass chaos. But now, like, boo at the zoo is 10 times better than it used to be because you have to sign up for a specific time slot. It used to be like you were like the, the line was backed up to like Newburgh Road from 
the highway almost. It was awful. It took two hours to get in there, <laughs> and now it, you breeze right in. You walk around for an hour. You come right out. It's it's very easy. And oh. apparently, the same is is true for the Jack Lantern Spectacular. A few years ago, I heard it was just awful. It was just clustered, and now you have to buy tickets for a specific time, and it's you're, you're in, you're out in an hour. I mean. What took them so long to figure it out? Movie theaters figured that out years ago. Everywhere else. I mean, reserve to, seating. Yeah. GA, GA admission, general admission has never worked. Just ask, just ask anybody who went to a Who concert in, 19, in 1979 in Cincinnati. General admission does not work. It should not have taken a pandemic to figure this out. We, we, no. we went to Italy. Like Everything's time slotted. All these people are there yeah. for a spin. It doesn't take too long because everybody knows when to be there. Everyone knows when to get out. They've got this down to a T. And now it's like we're just figuring this out around here. I mean, has, has, has movie theater experience not just been a billion times better since, other than the comfortable seats that, that they went to reserve seating? I've been to like one movie. Well, then. but you'd gone to more. But it was great. The one yeah. that I went to. Uh, was, what was the one you went to? Uh, what was the uh, Stars Born? Oh, yeah. You, I, was just saying, I know you told yeah. me this because I remember, the you, last time I've been I remember you told me you sang it for like a week later. <laughs> I did. I remember vividly like the day after <laughs> we went to the movie, it was a Sunday and like there'd been a terrible storm. So we had all this debris like all over our yard and I'm picking it all up and I'm just listening to the Stars Born soundtrack and like just like picking up leaves and I'm like, I wonder if you tell me something <laughs> more. <laughs> it was a great Sunday. It's a good soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. Um, I wonder if I'm more recent to you. I can't remember which one was more recent. The last movie I went to, it was either Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Roush and his wife. I think that was more recent. I think that was or 20, I went and saw the Joker with... Joker was definitely more recent. Okay, that was the one I went and saw with TJ and his wife. There's third wheeling all over the place. I, I, oh, I feel like Mary and I now need to take you to a movie. If you hadn't... I mean, I'm, I'm, you're lucky I didn't go visit you all with Stars Born. I feel, yeah, it was before <laughs> we even knew you. I feel like now it's like a rite of passage. So which one's more recent, though? Joker or Stars Born? Joker's more recent. Okay. Stars Born, I think, was 2018. I know Joker was after that. Okay. And I, I know Once Upon a Time was 2019, I believe. So I 18 both, or 19. Both those would have yeah. been after it. So we're around the same time, though. What a, what a terrible daytime movie, Joker. <laughs> Did you guys just, like, not talk when you left the theaters? <laughs> no, I just... Yeah, I don't think he actually intended me to go. <laughs> yeah, like, it was more of those... Like, <laughs> I think you weaseled your way into a Joker I, third I, wheel? I, I think it was the same with Roush as well. I think it was just, like, one of those, hey, you should come come see the movie with us. You know, like tongue and not expecting you to say, yeah, that. like yeah. You're some, you know, in a uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, I never expected him to show up. And here I come walking in theater with a big thing of popcorn, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> watch this movie about <laughs> mental health. Joker was okay, by the way. I right. like Joker. I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood better. I did too. I like them both though. I think I like for Star- very different reasons. Stars Born maybe better than all three, but don't tell Quentin I said that. I like Stars Born the best. Yeah, I, and Quentin knows I love him. It's rare that we have a conversation on the show where we. have have three movies that we're talking about that we've all seen. We, both of us have seen all of them. And all within the last five years. Yeah. Very rare. I think it's, that's maybe the only three that I've seen during that I think time we just period. walk out right now and in the show. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what day it is anymore. AEW screwed my entire week up. I thought it's Friday. I woke up and, and thinking it was Friday. And now, granted, I've only been up for an hour, but that's still a long time. To oh, because AEW is on Tuesday this week. Yeah. It's just completely baffled me. And yesterday, I didn't know what to do. I ended up watching nothing. I watched the movies. None of them were newer. I watched the Secret of My Success and Man on the Moon, and then um, then was oh Bruce Almighty, but that was but yeah. Then I just I just I was bored. I didn't know what to do on a Wednesday. I was I was cooling my thumbs. Well, what did you do last night? Um, what did I do last night? Well, that, come on, that's not, I'm the one with the memory problems. Uh, no, you're not, not anymore. That's both of us these days, unfortunately. You're, you're natural. I'm, 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 I'm like Mark McGuire of memory problems. Just short term, though. Basically, my long term has not been affected. My short term has been, it's just, it's miserable. Um, last night, went home, 
watched the watched the Yankees game. We took the kids on a walk. Um, What's going on at Wagner? There's a lot of cars there, but nothing on the field. They always have. I, I didn't see, but they usually have like elementary school track meets up there all the time. Ah, okay. And that's when like you know we'd be walking the kids and we're like, it sounds like there's a. Some sort of festival going on over there, and you walk over like, oh, it's just a bunch of like eleven year olds running around and parents just going nuts. I normally don't pass it, but I went to uh, after here. I went and got some soupies for dinner. Shout out to them. Shout out to soupies. And be, just because of where I was, I just came the back way up through Hubbard's and Westport Road to go home, and so that's why I went by Bal- oh, Wagner. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I didn't see. I'm assuming that's what was going on. Okay. Because we were, uh, yeah, we we're not walking that way last night. I, I'm just now seeing we have breaking news here to start the show. Oh no, uh, Nicario Harper. Safety slash Nickelback on the UFL football team has officially entered the transfer portal. Former very solid recruit. Um, only played in four games in a couple of seasons as a Cardinal. Played in one game this year I don't remember uh, his name against USF. He was a he was he transferred in during the offseason and was a I guess like a two time FCS All American, I think. And uh now is apparently looking to leave. This is I mean Transfer from I can't remember what school it was. I want to, but Division Two though. I believe it was or Division FCS, Two. It, yeah. He, uh, yeah, FCS J- uh, Jacksonville State is okay. where he came in from. But he was a two-time FCS All-American. He was the Defensive Player of the Year in the whatever conference they play in. I, I should know this. I do not though. Uh, OVC. He was the Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Year. I was surprised that he hasn't played more. I mean, it's kind of been a thing on defense. They haven't rotated a ton of guys. I mean, we hadn't seen MJ Griffin until the last game, and I know he said recently that it was because. He's been dealing with a kind of a, a slight injury throughout the entire season, but you know we're not we're not doing what Brian Brown said we were going to do going into the season, which is rotating a bunch of guys, using our depth, and this is what's going to happen when guys aren't playing anymore. They're going to the transfer portal. Whether it's you know now he gets to save a year, he's only appeared in I think one game, so boom, it's like he never played a little. I mean, with our schedule upcoming, I don't kind of blame him. He's like, if I'm going to play now, I don't want I want to play in the first half of the schedule, not this part. Yeah. Uh, speaking of. I don't know if you saw this, the, the stat that came out yesterday, Fox Sports, they totaled up the toughest second half of the season schedules in college football, and they've got Louisville at number one based on the Ooh, uh, number one, yes. The combined opponent win percentage, which is, like, you know, I choose to view it as an opportunity, Trevor. Opportunity to what? Glor- <laughs> gain glory. Claim to be number one at something? <laughs> Achieve glory. But Louisville has the toughest uh, second half schedule in the country. Texas is number two. Northwestern is three. Uh, Mississippi State is four. So two of the three teams with the toughest schedules are two of the teams that probably could do without having tough schedules. Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer an easy schedule. I don't know what you want me to and say. I'm not including Texas when I say those two, buddy, by the way. But just uh, tossing that out there. we got plenty to get to today. We've got uh, some new exciting notes, I think, about Louisville Live and about Saturday's game against Pitt. Nice. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. We've got uh, a couple of other recruiting follow-ups from yesterday's show. Recruiting follow-up on the football front that is... Maybe not great. Uh, we, we could talk about. Mm-hmm. And some uh, some mix and match thoughts. It was basketball media day for the men's team today. Kenny Payne spoke again. Um, said some of the same things that we've been hearing recently, but a couple of, of things that, that bear talking about. Uh, we got to see the team pictures. We have a exciting uniform reveal for Saturday night. We're pumped about that. Another exciting reveal for Saturday night. A, um, I hate to use the word gimmick, but an old gimmick that fans love that has gone away for several years. Apparently coming back into the fold. That's going to be fun. Uh, but I want to start I'm with intrigued. this. You should be. I want to start with this because I said when we had him back on, I was like, great things happen to people who co-host the show. Yeah. Well, and most of the time. We had recently, Damian Lee did the whole show with us, was here for three hours 
uh, back in the summer promoting his golf scramble, but also just talking about life as a Louisville Cardinal, going from uh, Golden State to Phoenix, what it was like to win a world championship. Last night, he makes his son's debut. Boom. Game winner. Tough fall. I don't know if you've even seen the highlight. Yeah, he had a very uh, very tough shot over Spencer Dinwiddie. Tough, tough shot over Spencer Dinwiddie. Falling away on Not the baseline. Right drills it with less than 10 seconds to go. Puts the Suns ahead by two. Crazy comeback over Dallas. They've been dominated all night. Then he's guarding Luka Doncic. Forces a lengthy three at the buzzer. Misses it. Bang. Damian Lee. All 11 of his points came in the fourth quarter. When you co-host the show, greatness follows. That's I mean, the lesson here. I'm not saying – I'm just saying here, Phoenix, you've had some issues with, with clutch play the last two years. He's the guy. You've fallen short. That's what you get when you were putting your hands in the in, the, in a Kentucky player. Now you got a Louisville guy, and what happens? You're winning clutch games. Devin Booker is just very willing to give him the ball. And Booker, Booker can be good first, you know, first, second, maybe a little third quarter. But when it comes fourth quarter time, there's only one man that the ball, the ball needs to touch. I did like – and I say this as somebody who loves Damian, but like there were, I saw a couple of viral tweets where it was like – this is championship DNA. Like, th- this is why you bring in guys from Golden State. Because, <laughs> and, and somebody was like, this is why Chris Paul will never win a world championship. He just can't make these types of plays. And I was like, I love Damian. It was a, to me. He didn't play in any of the, any meaningful minutes in the, the finals there that they won last week. Like, and Devin Booker even said the same thing after the game. He's like, you know, he's, he's like, Damian Lee just knows how to play the game. They've got a great franchise, a great culture at Golden State. And there's probably something to that. But as far as knocking down like a, a clutch last second shot, I don't think that it was, you know, his experience in Golden State that like led him to be that much more clutch than Devin Booker or Chris Paul would have been in that situation. See, look, you, but you're getting better. Your breath stuff's just breaking in there now. Yeah, it felt, I legit thought it was like a cat creeping I, over for was, a second. I, no, I, that's that's the spirits of the, the winning Golden State. That's <laughs> I, it's more about the show than it is about Golden State culture. It's the mic. It's the big axe culture is what it is. I thought you were gonna like kind of make like play down the shot because it was. I don't even think he saw the rim. I think he just kind of threw it up there. It was and, a tough shot. He got a hope because he was fading away. I mean, he's. He made I, a tough I want to say he's maybe giving up a little bit size to Spencer. Uh, good defense by him, which is something you won't hear me say in the NBA probably more than three times all year. And then, yeah, he just kind of just chucked it up there and it went in. He made a very tough shot, like a similar shot, the position before to, to tie the game. Oh, did he? I didn't see that clip. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was clutch, no question. Like he was the guy, became the go-to guy in the fourth quarter there as the Suns completed a ridiculous comeback. Donovan Mitchell, by the way, opened his uh, career as a Cleveland Cavalier last night. Thirty-one points, two rebounds, nine assists, two steals. But the Cavs fell to the Raptors, one hundred eight, one hundred five. When's my good fortune ghost gonna come through? We need to technically make you a co-host because like you're still like listed as producer. Is that was that why nothing good happens? That's why. Seven to the for over a year, damn it. It's like, I, I, where's, where, the show is your good fortune. Where's my prize? This show is your prize. This is what you get. Yeah, I talk about picking the wrong door and let's make a deal. <laughs> I'm saying right now, like Sean Moth, he's going to be the, uh, the, the the PA guy of the official voice of the World Cup. It's coming. He's going to get just I'll gigantic I'll move him back over to the Avalanche World, you know. Stanley Cup champions and all. He deserves that. He's done that. He's yeah. already done that though. He's he's won a world. Cha- he's already brought the cup home to Colorado That's before. True. He doesn't need to do it again. He's on to bigger and better things. You can go join the Nuggets and bring them a title. They've never been close. College World Series. It's coming. There, this there. Year. Yeah, that's too cold. Yes, do that. That's more perfect. Yeah, that's what's happening. But props to Damian. Hell of a way to start his uh, his career in Phoenix. I love the reaction video of Steph Curry waking up his son because he was screaming so loud watching the uh, the, the video. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was tweeting about it afterwards. Very cool to see. You know, former cards and family reacting i mean everybody loves damien he's awesome there's, there's nothing not to love but props to him great way to start his career as a phoenix son um 502-414-1450 the thornton sex line we'll take uh, some thoughts from you 
throughout the course of today's show. The other thing that I, I we have to talk about again. They're going they're gonna do it. They're gonna expand the NCAA tournament. Oh, the more that I see people talking about this, it was Greg Sankey yesterday, and then today we get the word that the Division I Transformation Committee has had dialogue to expand the tournament in all sports to include 25% of the programs who are eligible. This would mean the men's basketball NCAA tournament and women's basketball NCAA tournament would expand by about 20 teams. <laughs> the men need it. There's no need for the men to expand. There's even less for the women's to expand. I mean, you're just begging for 80-point first-round losses for it's, somebody. I mean, I, I just – this is the one – I mean, we've had people debating about the baseball playoffs recently because the Dodgers get beat. You have people debating about, you know, this, the NFL playoffs. Is it too large? You've got people always talking about the college, the college football playoff, college football BCS. All that stuff has been debated my entire life. This is the one sporting event in American you know, culture that everybody agrees is good, that everybody agrees is, is, is perfect. Maybe it would have, was perfect when it was 64 teams, but they're still willing to say, you know, 68 is fine. It's, it's okay. And they're going to screw with it, and they're going to bleep it all up. The, the, like, I have no doubt in my mind. Why do you have to mess with this? There's nobody clamoring for this. Nobody besides people who can feel like they, they can make money off of it. No well, fan. That's who's clamoring. I mean, that's, that's, but a, no, that's a lot of clamor. Nobody who loves college basketball. No. Nobody who loves college basketball is begging for this to happen. Nobody. There are people who love college football who are begging for an expanded college football playoff. Nobody who loves college basketball is saying, we need more games. We need Pittsburgh versus Vanderbilt in the round of 96 on a Monday night on True TV. Well, Nobody's saying that. exciting game. Nobody's saying that. No, nobody wants this. Nobody wants this to happen. And they're going to do it anyway. Unfortunately, the only people who are like in the decision process are the ones that want to make the money and don't love college basketball. I hate it so much. I hate all these people. Would so you much. trade to keep the college basketball where it's at if you if you had to not get to expanding college football? Yeah, preserve the NCAA tournament at all costs. I'm thinking. I'm thinking hard, and it's hard to do at this point in the day. But I'm thinking the NBA might have the longest running tenure of not expanding its playoffs. I think they've been at the same place since about the mid, I think eighty four, eighty five as well. Yeah, and and they have, now they've expanded the, the the amount of games. They started big, yeah, pretty much. They, they I think they got rid of buys. I want to say eighty two or eighty three for first round. But so I mean, and now they expanded the amount of games, but they haven't moved in terms of the amount of teams. Also, though, I mean, they also you get half the teams in the league make it. So I mean, there's really no need to expand any more than that. <laughs> I just I hate it so much. Just leave the tournament. Can you imagine? Like, also, filling out a bracket. Think about that. It's going to take like twenty more minutes to fill out a bracket, and it's going to be even more impossible than it already well, is. Well, I mean, it's not, I'm not going to get the bracket right now. Are we going to start getting teams losing records? Probably. I mean, I don't mean just the team that got lucky. Like Florida in one year, I think when they played Kentucky in 03, they had a losing record because they got hot in their tournament. You know, something like that. I mean, that that aside. I mean, we're well, it used to be at large teams where you had to have a winning record to even qualify for the NCAA tournament well, or, the, or the NIT. I mean, and now I'm assuming that this is going like you're probably going to have. We've had a couple of teams. I think Vandy a few years ago was 17 and 14, and they got in. And let's be real. Like the whole reason why this conversation is happening, the whole reason why this could potentially happen, is the Big Ten and the SEC are going to go to 20 teams. And they're worried that they're not going to be represented enough in the NCAA tournament because they're going to beat up on each other. So you are going to have, if they do expand, if they do go to 90 teams or, God forbid, even more, you're 100% going to have 
a couple of years where you've got like a 14 and 17 or a 15 and 16 SEC team or Big Ten team that makes the field. So you're basically saying, again, this is football's problem. This is football's fault. Yeah, for sure. Football's greediness again is it's a, carrying over to all the other sports. And again, just, just pooping on basketball like it has been for the last four or five years. It's super annoying. Don't miss the tournament. They're going to do it. I feel like football's like the big brother who keeps getting in trouble, and because of that, the parents are just like, won't let us get away with anything. Guilty by association. Yeah. I mean, it's not right. I just. And I, and I say this as a, like, a fan of a team that twice in the last, what, four years would have been greatly aided by an expanded NCAA tournament. Like, you know, Louisville has been on the bubble. But we didn't earn getting in. So, I mean. And exactly. You've got nobody to blame but yourself. I, I don't. Like, as much as I would have loved to have personally seen those Louisville teams, I don't blame anybody who's like, you know, Louisville had their chances. Who cares about watching Louisville play in the first four? Um, you know, a team that won, like, was, not, what, 20 and 13 or 19 and 14, whatever. Our, what, the pageant year? The pageant year. That I think was, we were, he had 20 wins. So 20, 20 and 13, yeah. yeah, whatever our record was. I think we got to 20 in the NIT, though. I mean, I, I, well, I thought it was bad 20, but either way. I mean, twenty a 20-win 20 team, I mean, I can at least I, – I, I can see. But, I mean, yeah, but if you got a team that's going – you know, 16 and 14 and getting in and isn't that large bid because you have seven and 13 in conference play. I mean, oh. yeah, I mean, oh. that team has no business being in a tournament unless it's like their own conference tournament. I mean, again, unless you're Georgia, like I think Georgia, did Georgia have a losing record the year they did the uh, tornado SEC tournament? Uh, I think I think they I think they got to 500 by the time they got. I think in. that's what happened. They, they either got to 500 or they got one game over by winning the SEC tournament because they ended up being a, they were a 13 seed. Because not many losing records get in. I mean, it's usually your 16s or your 15s that make. Oh yeah, or the, 16s only, at the least. only teams that have losing, and it's still rare even for that. But yeah. if you do have a losing record, it's like a it's a first four or 16 seed. Um, they like just said, got I'm, hot in the conference tournament. I just remember that 03 A and M team was that played Kentucky had a losing record. I remember that because they were three point shooting team. They got hot. But outside of that, there yeah, there've been a few, I'm sure. It's yeah, I mean, but no, now no, no at large teams. But now they're in the first four. Yeah. So no at large teams have ever made it with a losing record. No, no, that's no, going no. to change probably if, if they expand this tournament. Well, it's, it's you dumb. can't have an overall losing record still get maybe a losing record in conference. I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, it will happen. They will take a. I mean, how, where are we expanding to? We're, we're sixty. They talking about expanding to what? Like start off with what seventy six or something? I don't know. They're saying ninety. I think is what they're going to settle on. <sighs> They're, I'm telling you right now, because there was talk a few years ago. I can't remember which team it was, but there was a team with a losing record that had like the best. They had a ridiculously high RPI. The advanced metrics loved them. They were playing better at the end of the season. They played the toughest schedule in the country, and there was talk like, can a lose, team with a losing record get an at-large bid? Like That will happen. It may not happen the first couple of years of the expanded tournament. There, there will be a team from one of those mega conferences that goes like 15 and 16 or 15 and 17, but has like no terrible losses and a bunch of quality wins and has played a ridiculously hard schedule. And they will put them in over a team that's 27 and four out of the, you know, America East or something like that. So how will the seating go now? Will be one. What will the one seed play? This, again, this is all just, they haven't even gotten there. It's all just talk at this point. Will it be one versus 19. I assume that there would be buys involved. I don't think they're going to make, one seeds play seven or eight games now. I, I think they would have back buys. to the buy brackets. That's... Yeah, I think that's what would happen. But very dumb, very dumb. Hate it. Hate everything about it. Want to cry? <laughs> I want a cigarette now. <laughs> um, I tell you what. Let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, I want to get to the, the the big reveals that are going on for Saturday night's game and the festivities at homecoming for Louisville's game against Pitt. I think it's exciting stuff. I think the fans are. 
pretty pumped about hearing about it. We're going to talk about it. I want to get Trevor's thoughts, and then we'll take your thoughts as well on the Thornton sex line at 502-414-1450. Oh, okay. so There's the phone. The There's the phone. Let's say, say what? Do, 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 oh, you want to do a race? So you can yeah, do it. Okay, there you go. I forgot. You got me distracted with this all this talk, and I forgot to get everything loaded. I sh- you know what I should have had when I started talking? You, I think I know what you should have had. I should have had trust. Yeah. I should have had trust that you were ready. <laughs> In this case, it would have been misplaced trust. It's never misplaced when it goes... To over to First Bankers Trust because First Bankers Trust is going to work with every client individually and they're always going to help you meet your financial goals because they offer a wide range of services including investment management, trust and estate services, philanthropic services, and financial planning. Unlike Trevor Kelsey, First Bankers Trust is never going to have your trust misplaced. For more information on what they can do for you, visit them online at firstbankerstrust.com. Outro music, homecoming events, making money, they all start with one thing. Trust. First Bankers Trust. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll continue the show here on 1450 and 961. The Big X. Nora Jones to the boss there. Quite the transition. But they're not the same. <laughs> Both bosses in their well, own. I'm wired just said it was the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back into the show. The Jersey Girl. Happy almost Friday to you. Could never be in love with a Jersey Girl, I don't think. We, uh, before we get to the football discussion, big time. Volleyball news last night. I guess I guess there were two big time volleyball stories. The the one at least on the court, Texas number one team in the country loses to Iowa State, which means Louisville losers. If they take care of business this weekend and continue their ACC winning streak, which by the way they have not lost a conference match in over two years at this point, yep. they could potentially be the number one team in the country again when the new polls come out at the beginning of next week. So that just was good for, news. Just a formality. Everybody knows they're the best team in the country anyway. They are. I, I it's, so. it's just it's just a, you know a, a, a title. Now, there was big news also with the, the team that knocked them out of the NCAA tournament last year, ruined their perfect season, and went on to win the national title themselves, Wisconsin. Yeah, who was, I still question whether, you know. Did, well, did you see the, the story that's out there? Oh, they, they found out they're on a uh, No, don't, don't, leaked locker room video, which was very graphic. Um, they're not sure how it got out, but it's, it's, it's out there, apparently. Leaked locker room. Like, they're celebrating. There's nudity. There's sexual stuff, apparently. Uh, and it's it's don't Trevor don't 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 do that. It, it is I can't, I don't don't go down the church on the church computer. I, yeah, probably not. <laughs> it is apparently out there that they're still tr- they're trying to figure out apparently how it got out, how it leaked, how this all happened. But it's a it's a, it's a bad story for them, which sucks. It's not cool. But they are they're good again this year. It's just locker room talk. Just I mean, it's more than locker room talk apparently. Um, 502-414-1450 if you want to, to weigh in today on anything that we're talking about. But the big, uh, this isn't the big story, but a couple of cool things that are happening for Saturday Night's Game against Pitt. All right, cool. I'm, I need cool. One, they leaked, they, they put the uniform out today. You've all did. And they have answered the, the cries of a million L football fans, especially the older ones, 
who want us to go back. You hate the, the chrome helmets, right? I despise chrome helmets. They're going back to the white Cardinal Bird helmet. Oh, beautiful. They're bringing it back this week. Early 90s version? Not, I think it's more of like the Charlie Strong era version. Did you tweet that out? I didn't see that on the Twitter earlier. It's uh, it's on the story. I, I got a story about it on Card Chronicle. You can see the tweet. It's from the official football account. They did a video where like they're wearing the red, black, red look that we wore, I think, for the loss to Boston College maybe earlier this year. And then they're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's change this up. And they go to like what they're actually wearing this weekend, which is the classic look, the white helmet with the red Cardinal Bird head. People are excited about this. Now, the other thing that people are excited about, specifically some friends that I have, shout out to Jonathan, they've been asking for this for a long time. And Lottie Stockwell, she went on Louisville Sports Live last night, and she said the parachuting Cardinal Bird. <laughs> yeah? It's coming back this weekend. Awesome. It's Parachuting Cardinal Bird is back. Make sure you're in your, in your seats 15 minutes before kickoff. You're going to want to see this thing. Why did they take away parachuting Cardinal Bird? I heard, and I have no idea if this was true or not, but I always heard that there was a – like they changed the, the the flight pass for like, like around uh, Stanford. Well, not Stanford. What is whatever it's called now? Muhammad Ali International Airport. Yeah, Muhammad Ali International Airport. Yeah. And it screwed with the ability for them to, to be able to make this happen. That was what I was always told. Like they, they couldn't work it out because of the new flight pass. And they had I don't know what's changed since then, but apparently they're going to make this happen on Saturday night. Parachuting Cardinal Bird back. I mean, parachuting Cardinal Bird. Actually, good looking helmets. Got to win. The vi- and that, that is that is the '90s. Now, obviously, it doesn't look like the '90s because of the structure of the helmet, with modern technology. But that's that's the '90 early '90s. I love it. I mean, if you told me we we're gonna get receivers with 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 uh, with midriffs like uh, like Braum would have, then that would just like break Braum midriff. That would be even better. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I always think of Aaron Bailey when I think of that look. I was crazy. He had a little cutoff shirt. I would like, I was like, cut my like little turtleneck off when I was playing flag football to try to look like Aaron Bailey. One of that of all the styles that probably don't need to come back is that one of them. Yeah, it's, it was also like you know you want, <laughs> Zeke tried to you do want it. more coverage. Remember Zeke did it for. I mean he 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 tried to bring it back. He did, and I mean it worked okay for a little while I guess for him. So what you say with all this happening, and it being homecoming, festivities happening, Louisville Live happening, recruits in town, big time guys, um, you know, coming in to check out the cards. Or the vibes right? The vibes are right. The vibes feel right. Now, does that equal up to the, the gameplay being right? We'll find out. That's a whole other question. We'll find out. But I tell you what, right now, I, I, win or lose, we're at least going to look good. It's going to be exciting. The spread keeps going in our direction. It's, not, it's, back, it's uh, back at three in most places. Lovell's a 3 What is favorite. it about Pittsburgh that we're missing? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I don't know if it's one of those deals where it's, it's like a sucker bet and Saturday morning, all of a sudden, the line's going to miraculously flip back to like in Pitt's direction, and we're gonna, it's going to go off as like a pick 'em. Because that kind of happened with the the Virginia game, where when when it was finally officially announced that Malik wasn't playing, the line flipped to Virginia. But you still you picked us to beat Virginia still. I did, and you were and and, and I thought that was baffling that we had that that line was where it was at, regardless whether Malik had been announced or not. I mean, am I just am I just too negatively close to this team that I, I don't see something? See, I'm more with you on this one though. Like I don't. I, I don't feel particularly confident about this game, and I don't see anything like on paper that says that we should be favored over this Pitt team. I, I know Pitt played poorly against Georgia Tech a couple weeks ago. They looked really good against Georgia Virginia Tech last weekend. Well too. I mean, Georgia Tech, had, I think that has to be factored in. They've ever since they got rid of their coach, they've been a different team. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the interim coach anyway? Do we know? No idea. I don't either. 
Is it, I mean, yeah. I, I, should, I probably should have asked him asking him like, that bug I know you. what he looks like. I couldn't tell you what his name is. I'm going to the – I'm on uh, the side. I can probably tell you. You're just Deion Sanders. It's, it's uh, Brent Key. Very Class, close. Cla- Brent Key's undefeated, I believe. He is. He's 2-0. <laughs> he's, already, he's already doubled uh, Jeff Collins' win total from this year. See, this is the Brian Brown scenario. What if we got hammered by Pitt on Saturday? Josh Hurst says enough's enough. Brian Brown elevated, and Brown goes 5-0. and Rails James Madison, destroys Wake Forest, beats NC State, Clemson, and UK. And then he gets the job. In three seasons, Jeff Key did not win more than three games in a whole season. At least his name was Brent. This guy's about to win. This guy's already won two in two games. He's about to win. Oh, mad. you meant Jeff Collins. <laughs> Jeff Co- no, Jeff Collins is first year, three and nine, three and seven, three and nine. And this guy's two and oh. This guy's two and oh. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> I love it. I hope they win the Coastal. I kind of do too, a little bit. Oh, wait, somebody was calling out the. Yeah, Son Hall just runs all over. I mean, oh God, not yeah, everybody but us. Yeah, well, we don't. We play them. Don't, in the, we play them in the ACC title game. I was gonna say, Clemson's we, got four losses. I don't in think them. we're playing them in the ACC. Clemson's title got four game. losses in them. <laughs> I believe it. I saw that somebody called out the ACC Network uh, Twitter account. They went back and they looked at it, and the ACC Network Twitter account has tweeted out like three stories or graphics about Drake May, the North Carolina quarterback. Yeah. In the last five days, and they've done it for no other individual players in the ACC. They're like, and they went back and looked at like all the different tweets that they've made about Drake May. Like, all they do is tweet about North Carolina. They do love. North Carolina. We know the league no- loves North Carolina's had more players of the, of the week in the I conference know. than any other team in the in the league. We did establish and we have Clemson the, in this conference. We did establish none of them were on the defense, right? Though I think I'm sure that some were. They've had I think eleven. <laughs> some of them had, they couldn't all be Drake well, May. The strong safety had twelve tackles. Trevor. I mean, of course he did. <laughs> There's anything worse than your safety leading your team in tackles? What oh, happened to us last year? The Kendrick Duncan was our leading tackler. Oh, I know. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I meant. Is there anything worse? Not much, especially defensively. This, <laughs> this league's love of North Carolina. It's just. I mean, okay, here, here's maybe this is the mindset because this was my mindset going to Virginia. Okay. Was that obviously Bernard Armstrong had struggled and, and continue, has continued to struggle, but going into our, our Louisville's game, he had been struggling. I like oh, me clearing my throat. Cough it out. And getting that, that second morning cigarette out. And then so like it's not so, the morning. <laughs> it's almost four o'clock. We're closer to the evening than we are to the morning. Yeah, yeah tomato tomato. Sure. So, <laughs> so ketchup, ketchup. Um so the, my mindset going to that game, as you remember, which why I was staying negative, was that regardless of he's a quarterback that we knew had talent, but has played poorly. We have a tendency of making those guys look like their old selves. Yes. And we went in that game, and we, he didn't look like his old self. And we won. So maybe that's why this line is Pittsburgh. People are thinking the same thing. Like, well, they're not going to make Slovis look like his old self. And so, therefore, Louisville should be favored. I can't. There's. I don't see that, but I mean. There's never been a more, at least so far, through six games, confusing unit in the history of Louisville football than this defense. <laughs> Because, I mean, they let Brennan Armstrong look like God last year, and he does nothing against us this year. Yeah. They shut down UCF and John Rice Plumley, who, by the way, against everybody else has looked lights out. Like they, They're hanging, I think they've averaged 48 points per game since playing us, which, again, not quality competition in the AAC, but it's still 48 points. <laughs> not quality competition. Against team. us, you think. Yeah, Watching us really play another game. We can't stop Boston College, who had the worst offense in the ACC coming into that game. No. 
USF was coming off of running it all over Florida, uh, and we held them to virtually nothing. And by the way, the next week they almost beat Cincinnati as well. Like they, the offense has not looked nearly as anemic against anybody else as they did against us. But you know what Boston College did after they played us? I know they looked bad. They gave, they scored three points against Clemson. Yeah, thirty-four to three. That's what I'm saying. And we play Florida State, who had looked kind of up and down as an offense. We get to their backup quarterback, who just lights us up out of nowhere. This dude that I still have not heard anything about since no, that game. He hasn't played since then. Henry Henry Rowan Gardner, Gary Rodemeyer, whoever mm-hmm. it was. Like the the tall wide receiver that we made look like Larry Fitzgerald has been just okay since that game. He was okay going into the game. I mean, I just I we're one of the best pass rush defenses in the history of Cardinal football based on the numbers, and yet we're giving up thirty plus points every other week. It's it makes no sense whatsoever what this team is doing. <laughs> wide receiver. And I've got no idea what to think from a week to week basis. The tall guy's got twenty seven catches all year, he hits seven against Louisville. I was gonna say we're like seventeen against he, us. He had four hundred he's got four hundred and ninety yards, he had hundred and fifty against Louisville. Two of his three TDs against Louisville. This is what we do. <laughs> I mean, like, there's no rhyme or reason on a week to week basis for how this defense is going to perform. It's why like I feel like a Banacanda who just rushed for what, six touchdowns and three hundred yards last week against Virginia Tech, we're probably gonna hold him to like fifty. He's probably not going to do anything he's, against He's us. one of the two. There's no in-between with us. Oh, yeah. Right? He'll go for 407 touchdowns, or he'll have nothing. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, have 20 carries for 28 yards. And then we'll turn around next week against Wake Forest and let like their no-name running back go gash us for 700 yards while Sam Hartman <laughs> does nothing. Like it just there's, there's nothing about this defense that makes sense, and it makes picking games and having any sort of good or bad feelings going for, uh, going into a weekend like, like completely impossible. Not to mention the emotional roller coaster it has his fans on. This is roller coaster Scott. This is who he is. This is what he does. This is the life that he lives. This is what he puts us through on an annual basis in the fall. And I can't take it anymore. I need some stability one way or the other, Scott. I'm dying over here. I'm having a cardiac MRI in two weeks, and I kind of think it's your fault. I kind of, I kind, I mean, I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers, but I kind of feel like you did this to me. If I could just have some sense of clarity. In one way or the other, I would like it to be positive clarity. But if it's negative, that's fine, too. Just stop taking me on this ride. I don't know what to do. I agree. I think he's causing my obesity. I think so, too. I mean, you know how much I have to eat to to, get, to, 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 to plant the depression that I have from Louisville's football team? Trevor was 200 pounds when this, when this year started. 6'3", <laughs> 200. We were sharing clothes, people. <laughs> <We> <laughs> I actually never changed co-host. You thought it was John Ramsey. It was Trevor the whole time. They looked exactly the same. pretty much. This is what you did to him. This is John. Um, He just got real negative all of a sudden. I used to to be able to bench 200 pounds. Now I've eaten 200 pounds of roast beef. So I, I mean, we'll obviously we'll talk. We'll give our predictions on the game tomorrow, and we'll talk more in depth about the game tomorrow. But I, I'm saying it right from the job. I don't feel good about this game, but I also like don't. I'm not confident in my negativity, if that makes any sense. Like I, I've got no confidence in my ability to pay. <laughs> like I felt, I felt good about us winning last week just because it made no sense, and I was like, they're going to do this because, like, losing would would make too much sense, and we'd have complete clarity, and it would be like he's definitely gone. He may have, like, I'm not sure that he wouldn't have gotten fired if they lost that game last week. Just talking to some people, I, I, I think it. I think he may have gotten fired if they'd lost that game last week. And so, of course, you knew they were going to win, and they were going to win going away, which is exactly what they did. And this week, I'm not sure what the most what peak awkwardness is. Oh, no. Peak awkwardness now is we're going to lose three in a row. We're never going to – oh, no, let me finish. Okay. We're going to lose three in a row, and then we're going to win at Clemson. Who at that time, When we get there, it's going to be like number two in the nation. The thing is, though, if you lose to Pitt, Wake, 
and James Madison, he probably gets fired before Clemson. Oh, I don't know. Don't you think? No, I don't. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's done. I, I, I think at that point, I think you need one win in there for for Clemson. First for of all, Clemson I, to matter. I, one, I'm not big. I know that's later in the season to fire a head coach, which is. But no, I don't think, especially going into a game against Clemson with an interim coach, I would just, I don't think that'd be a smart move. Well, but it doesn't matter what, what you think. It's I, I'm saying I think yeah. what would happen. I I would be surprised, but that's what's going to happen. He's going to win at Clemson, and that's going to create. Uh, and he's going to he's going to win at North Carolina State, and then lose against Kentucky. See, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, what would that put him? The at? Over, put us at five and seven. Yeah the, yeah, the win over Clemson would be like too sweet. That's too much of a high. We don't hit those types of highs under Satterfield. Like our <laughs> highs are beating you know, whatever Wake Forest teams or dominating just really bad teams. That's what our high – our high is destroying Duke and USF. Well, yeah. So I think we're going – I can see us being – I think what's going to happen is we win one of the next two. We're going to win one of the next two. Well, it's probably going to be Wake Forest. We're though. going to beat James Madison. We're going to get hammered by Clemson. Probably. And then turn around and beat NC State. Unless they – Regrouped since by the time we meet them. Yeah, and that, well, even then, I think we're beating NC State. I think we're winning that game. Okay. And then we're going to be competitive enough against Kentucky, or more competitive against Kentucky, but not competitive <laughs> enough for everybody to be happy. Define, That's peak awkwardness. If I'm competitive enough when it comes to Kentucky. We're going to be like in the game in the fourth quarter and lose by 10 or 13. Wow, that's more competitive we've been in the, in the last three or four and years. And I, I say this not as like a, I think this is going to happen based on watching these two teams. I say this just as a man who has followed Scott Satterfield achieving peak awkwardness for the last four years. That's the most awkward scenario. And I think that's what's he, what he's going to do. And at that point, is Begging going to be enough to keep his job this time? We'd be 6-6. Six and six. I bet he keeps his job. You know what's going to happen. You Josh, know. Josh, j- listen. It's going to happen. Josh, turn, I want you to take a seat, Josh. Turn the radio up. Close the door. Tell Secretary, hold your calls. And I want you to listen closely to me, buddy. You don't want to be in the same boat that Vince is with me. That's not a place you want to be. That's not a happy place. That's not that's that's not the happy place happy has. That's that's more of like shooter and, and grandma and, and, and S and M material. That's not what you want to be. That's the bad place. Don't be in the bad place with me, Josh. That's all I'm saying. By the way, I just got the email for a credential application for the UK U of L basketball game. Would you like me to apply on your behalf? <laughs> you go cover the game for us in Rupp Arena? Sure, why didn't I get an email? Are you not on the list? No. Are you going to go? No. I don't cover games. Then why do they send you emails? I mean, this is it's not just the email list for credentials. This is like the overall media list. I'm a media. <laughs> I like Spider-Man. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I... I, I can't. Because I just threatened our AD. Yeah, I was just saying. <laughs> You're not exactly helping yourself here. Well, I, I didn't threaten him. I was just warning him. <laughs> I don't think your semantic argument is going to help your cause here. I, I I can't imagine. I don't like covering games. Period. Because like, you can't cheer. You can't. I can't imagine covering a U of L UK game and having to like sit there still face, not wearing U of L stuff. I feel like there's a fight. Like I I, I went to. Several games, especially when we first the radio station first got going, um, I went to I had the you know the lanyard with my picture on it and everything and yada yada. Went to a lot of the games and uh, I don't know if I would use the word covering. I mean, you're playing fast and loose with that word with, with what I was. Doing. You just wanted good seats. I just wanted good seats yeah, and and free like dinner from Center Plate. That's pretty much what I was aiming for. You're one of those people. But hey, I, well, but I'm one of those people who was like, listen, 
getting paid peanuts. This is basically part of my salary is getting to go to games for free. Yeah, but you don't get to cheer or drink. What's the fun? Yeah, but, well, I don't, A, I don't drink. But back then I did. Back then I still drink. I didn't even drink that much back then even. And, and, and you know, that's the cheering part. I don't have to get up and go nuts. I can, there's 19,000 other people there. No, I couldn't do it. I can, I, I, I trust me, I'm cheering, but I'm, I'm kind of keeping it in. The only time I think I actually broke protocol, well, actually, at the M Center, it's not even a bad deal because you're in the crowd anyway. I mean, you're sitting amongst other media members in the section, like whatever, 149 or whatever it is. Like, it's not like you're up in the media room, like at football. The only time I think I've come close to anything was the instantly tournament when Montrez got the dunk. Me and other little media members kind of. Oh, the championship game? Popped, yeah. I didn't realize you were doing media stuff then. Yeah, I was at the, I went to all the games that tournament. Where were your seats for the championship game? Uh, up in the mid level, the press box. Oh, that's not area. bad. Yeah. Not, that, yeah and then I went down on the court during the, uh, when they were cutting down the nets. Did you take some pictures? Mm-mm. I no, I, I, I was I've never been a picture guy on my phone or anything. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not my style. Uh, I tell you what, we've got uh, we got about three minutes here before we have to throw it to break. We'll take a couple of texts really quickly. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Texas, if we win with that helmet, we better not put on another helmet for the rest of anyone's lives. Yeah, I say win or lose, we should keep that helmet. I like the white. I like it. Same thing said in all caps. Unplug that bleeping phone for the love of God. Look, we can't <laughs> control this. No. Texer, you have no idea. You're not alone in that. Trust me. Uh, Texas, odds that we can get Damian Lee to bring Steph Curry to Louisville Live next year. Well, if they do it back in September like they have before, then it's certainly more of a realistic possibility than it is doing it. I mean, the NBA is playing right now. Like, like You can't get – that's the big issue. I think Donovan may be able to make it in this weekend because of their schedule. I think we looked at it and said the Cavs have – they play – um, tonight, and then I don't think they play again until Sunday. So if they, if they had like back, if they had home games with a with a day off in between, yeah, could, because being in Cleveland, he could probably get down and come back. So up. I'm not sure if they're planning on having him in. I know they're planning on having some former players, um, but if they if they go back to doing this thing in September, which I hope they do, because it's it's better for everybody involved, then it'd be far more likely for a guy like Steph Curry to come in and make an appearance, which would be cool. But I don't know if Damian would would make that happen. But I'd love it for him to. That'd be cool. It would be very cool. Um, Texture says, DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner, and Cal Payne uh, friendship update all rolled into one. While on video, PayPal Cal rubs it in that he won again over his UofL friends, and Kenny was slipping out that he may have another recruit coming in where he coaches dad. Meanwhile, Coach Payne is looking for the next PayPal Cal compliment that he has for him and the media outlet to deliver it to. What's this PayPal? What do you mean PayPal? I don't get it's that. an old nickname. It's like a message for days. Oh, nickname. okay. I, I did see that. Uh, the quote. So Cal Perry was doing, I don't know what what today. What if it was SEC Media Day stuff or what, whatever it was? But he was talking and he said, "I I may get another kid whose dad played for me too." And Kent Taylor was there and he was like, "Uh oh, breaking news!" And Cal said, "Oh great, media's <laughs> here. Great because I've said a lot of a couple of things that I wish I could take back earlier this year already." Did you say, "Oh well, crap, media!" There was Media Day, wasn't it? I don't know what this was. Where this was. <laughs> I was gonna say, what's- how would you be shocked if media heard media? Is he allowed to say that? I know you're not allowed to talk about recruits specifically, but I may get another kid whose dad played for me too. I don't think that's a violation because you're not. You, I think the rules are you specifically just can't say their names, right? I think that's right. But he's. I mean, you can you can dance around it all you want. I he's mean, definitely shoving it in our faces. Well, other kids is. I mean, are we sure he's not talking about Carter Knox? Well, no. I think he's talking about DJ Wagner. Isn't that his brother? He was talking about next year. That's his brother, not his kid, right? Carter Knox is yeah, Kevin yeah. Knox's little brother. Yeah, I was, I was I just thought about it. I was like, wait a minute, 
Kevin Knox is like 25 years old, probably. Only his son's in college. <laughs> I hate to say this because I know this is like we're, we're talking about a kid, and I, I don't want to feel this way. I'm going to be rooting pretty hard against DJ Wagner. Well, it's because he's going to Kentucky, though. Like, would you root against him if he went to Memphis? Yeah. Well, actually, that's a bad example because I hate Memphis, too. Uh, what about if he went to, like, I don't know, just somewhere that is in the school we hate, like out west or something? The fact that he said— Like, I'm not used to, like— I, I, don't, I mean, I don't even care. The fact that he said glowing things about Louisville and kind of— I'm not saying he led us on, but not even getting a visit from him when his grandpa's on staff— <laughs> It's I mean, just, I know it's his decision. I know you can make whatever move you want to make. And it sounds like he was honed in on going to Kentucky this entire time. It was just recruiting riders who mostly took us for a ride. Like, I'm still, well, yeah, there's I mean, a part of me that's like, bleep this kid. I mean, I guess, I mean, again, in fairness to some of the riders, I mean, you hire the grandpods. I can see you wanting to kind of jump on the, the ship, hoping, thinking maybe you're getting on the right guess. I mean, well, but you're lying. Well, when you say you've got inside info that is saying he's definitely going to Louisville, I, I, no, that's I, a straight yeah, lie. That, that is a lie. I'm, I'm saying you can just, Saying my opinion is that Louisville's back in it, yada yada. Well, yeah, yada. I don't have a problem who did that. Yeah. Anybody who's trying to read the tea leaves by saying like Louisville's clearly going to be a contender. Yeah, but like the like the the Travis Shaw guy who's like, well, he's going to Louisville with ninety five percent certainty, and, and inside sources are telling me he could <laughs> pop as soon as the next three weeks. Like he just straight lied. He just made That's, that up. That is a lie. Yes, like, I, I don't. I have no sympathy for people who just lied and get called out for it. But D, yeah, I mean, with DJ going to UK, regardless of how whether we think we got kind of the bad treatment for his recruitment, I'm not going to root for the kid anyway. But I mean, if he'd gone to, I mean, I can't blame. Him. I mean, it, I mean, it would I'm be not. I would think you, if anyone's gonna be offended, and maybe if not you, it would be you know Grandpa. I mean, Grandpa's one should be offended, right? That he's not even gonna come visit. I hope he don't invite him to Christmas. I hope he just doesn't. I hope he just sends him another sweater this year. I love the things that I was willing to tolerate back like three months ago too. That I'm not. There was that video of him surfacing after an AAU tournament where he just like attacked a kid. There was a huge fight after a game. He like it was like outside the arena. He's like goes after a dude and throws a haymaker. And I was like, you know, kids will be kids. And now I'm like, you know, we don't need that attitude in our program. Throwing haymakers? It's not like kids are being kids. Like you he threw a, a huge punch. Give him a wet willy. That's kids being kids. It's like the Imani Bates stuff. You know, give him a wedgie and I smack we, him. We the can butt. take him in here with no tolerance, and he gets arrested. You're like, well, we saw the red flags. Clearly, that's what I'm saying with DJ Wagner now. That's a, that was a red flag. Kenny Payne didn't need him anyway. AJ Johnson, morally upstanding young man. That's the kind of kid that we need in our program. Well, well, Kentucky's not gonna worry about that. They'll just sweep it under the rug anyway. I mean, they pretty good at it. <laughs> Lots of didn't get a DUI. It's That's not gonna Sandy come Bell, out. Sandy Bell, she's one town in cookie. Sandy <laughs> Bell is the MVP of college athletics. Yes, we need. How is there not like a Louisville equivalent for Sandy Bell? Is there a Sandy Bell training academy? She, <laughs> she needs to take her talents and gets paid for it. Like start one of those. Yeah, what do they do? Like the online courses. You we do know do? she does exist as a person, right? She does, but she—I've like, never seen her. Well, I, I said we looked it up because remember I was talking about. It, I was like, yeah. I had to make sure that she was a woman. I'm like, I'm like, it could be a man for all I know. I always hear her name and assume it's a woman. And so I, I second guessed myself on the radio a few months ago when we were talking about this, and I looked it up just to make sure she was a woman. She is. Because I'm starting to wonder, like, she's like this Kaiser Soze character. What are those um, those courses that they have? That, I don't know, if, you know, that they're a thing anymore. But it used to be like celebrities would teach a course on something. Like Seth Curry had one. Where he was teaching like how to shoot and like you know, famous chefs would do cooking classes that you could buy. Um, she needs to get on that for making stuff go away. Where were these classes at Western? <laughs> well, no, these are like for ad- these aren't like actual. You don't get credit for them. Oh, well, I, well, I did that at Western too. Masterclass <laughs> is what they were called. Um, okay. Yeah, she needs to do a masterclass on you know getting keeping, keeping kids getting eligible. kids eligible yeah. and. 
keeping stuff out of the news. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we, I take it. I'd take it. Sell my services to UofL. Hell yeah. We, we, somebody at UofL needs to. Can I do it online? I think it's all online. Yeah. Uh, take a break. When we come back, hour number two, we can get to the text line at 502-414-1450. Also, a couple of live notes to get to and uh, a couple ins and outs as well. A couple facts about the pit game. All that coming your way in hour number two is the Mike Rutherford Show. It continues next here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Show. Welcome back in. Second hour here of the Mike Rutherford Show on Thursday on 1450 The Big X. There's a theme today, by the way. There is? Yeah. I guess I should start paying attention. Well, you, you, you named the first two people. Well, I love Nora Jones. Yeah, and you heard. And the boss was second. This is Rod Stewart. Okay. I'll keep listening. So a texture can get this. Probably. I'm always slow with the music. I wonder if people can get the interesting connection between these three so far. So far, I've got nothing. I mean, I, I feel like Rod Stewart and Bruce Springsteen have a decent amount in common just in terms of, like, genre and career arc. But Nora Jones tossed in is a little bit of a... Intriguing? Know, a little wrench thrown in there. Yeah. Okay. I have love today, and you asked, you know, you asked what was happening in, in England when we came in today. Well, because I saw the... Not right away. Show but I saw the show tweet, yeah. Uh, I have loved seeing, because for those not familiar, Listra stepped down as prime minister after like basically two hours in office, which was funny. People are making their jokes. But did the, she replace Tony Blair? She did not replace Tony Blair. <laughs> she replaced uh, Boris Johnson, who may now be the prime minister again, depending on what happens with the, Whoa, uh, what the conservative. Name? Boris Johnson. He's the guy who looks like, <laughs> like Trump. Boris. He was like a comedian and became uh, became prime minister. It's a board Boris. Name. Yeah. <laughs> but so Liz Truss stepped down today. And the only thing that I've liked has been the it, – it, it's, it's total strays. It, I feel bad for the fan base a little bit, but the joke's about UK because it's clear. Like somebody, Chris Shutt, who covers uh, Indiana, said, I haven't seen an early exit like this from a UK since. And then he had the screenshot of Doug Eater with his tongue out of St. Nice, Peter's UK. Nice, nice. And one of the follow-ups was, uh, usually I'm not this confused about a UK unless I'm seeing uh, Will Levis at number six on the NFL draft boards. And I was like, <laughs> it's a good day that we're getting these UK jokes off. I appreciate it. Well, so what, what, what happened with the, the, the prime minister? Would she like get like scandals or something? She basically implemented a tax policy that was wildly unpopular and a huge failure. And she kind of had a, a coup in her own party. Like they basically, they, they kind of forced her out. There was a vote of no confidence. And so she resigned. She, uh, she, it, keep mind, I think she revolution, was, so to speak. I think she was in office for 44 days, and 10 of those took her 44 days to get kicked out. 10 of those she wasn't working because everything was on hold after the queen's death. So basically, she was in office for a month. Is that a record? It is a record. The oh. shortest tenure of any prime minister. And uh, prime ministers voted or picked? 
they're picked amongst the like the ruling party. Well, okay, who, who decides who rules? The voters. There's a vote. So the ruling party, like the Senate, a party gets in power. Like the, the conservative party is in power now in England, and they choose a leader amongst themselves. And she was chosen as a leader. And then they were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> we don't like this. This is not what Wait, we signed what? up for." And now she's no longer the leader. So the the ruling party is that like the our Congress or our Senate? It's not. I mean, you can't really draw parallels to American government. The, the setups are entirely different. But it's there's a conservative is it party because of the Whigs. Exactly. That's, that's the one big difference. <laughs> British government's wild. I mean, they're just like yelling at each other in parliament. It's, it's nuts. I, mean, I, I think it's about time you we seen give, this. You heard about this? Can we just give the power back to the queen, the new queen or king? Yeah. Who, sure. did, did we? Because uh, it was the 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 guy that cheated on Diana is now the king, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? <laughs> He did yes. cheat on her, didn't he? Yes, you're not wrong. I, okay, I, I, I love our conversations about British rule. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's but but and he's the king, right? King Charles is is, is currently the king. Okay, yeah. I mean, Lord, they're they're just complete cluster bleep, aren't they? Yes. You got a king that state of flux that, that cheated on the woman that was most loved by everybody, pretty much, except the paparazzi. You king got Charles is not wildly popular. Yeah, you got a prime minister now that apparently is just you can't trust. I mean, what, what, what's? I'm the, so mad that I didn't get to use that for the first Megan's Trust room. <laughs> I'm so mad. Could not have dropped the ball harder there. Well, you, yeah, you topical could. humor right there. You, you could, you could have picked her to be prime minister. I mean, clearly uh, that was, so. Now who takes over? Do they just pick another? Do they just pick somebody different? Yeah, they'll pick something somebody different from amongst their party. And the talk is that it's going to be Boris Johnson again, who just resigned in you know shame a few months ago. So, but not not shame enough for for a tax cut of some kind. The world loves reboots right now. <laughs> There's no place in society that doesn't that's safe from a terrible reboot. I so. mean, honestly, since it doesn't affect me in any way, I do kind of I'm in favor of Boris Johnson just because he's, he's Boris Johnson for God. He's sake. a funny figure for sure. I don't know what he looks like. Just the name Boris Johnson's great. I mean, if you look at him, he looks like what. You'd expect a Boris Johnson, Johnson to look, look like, like yeah. something stereotyping a movie. He's a something. larger man. He's got the Trump hair. He, um, yeah, he's he's a character. There's no way around it. But he was he 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 resigned in shame. What did he do? I uh, just kind of sucked. Oh yeah. So you you can suck, but as long as you don't suck and piss off the people, pretty to much, a degree, or take away their money. You don't mess with their money. Don't you know? Yeah. Is he the one that did the uh, the thing that everybody was mad about the Brexit thing? He was not in power during Brexit, but. They were trying to, he was trying to like, like engineer a seamless transition to Brexit. And that was a huge to do. And it kind of ruined every prime minister that has been around in the last, what, four or five years? Since Tony Blair. Since, since Tony Blair. <laughs> Tony <laughs> Blair's like your Jerry Abramson, just prime minister for life. Oh, I, don't, just, I don't hate you for it. He seemed, it did seem like he was around for a long time. I know. I remember Tony Blair is because the year that, that Michael Bush came out in the draft. The Eagles had oh a chance. God. The Eagles had a chance to draft him, and they passed. They took a running back out of Penn State named Tony Hunt, and so I kept thinking, I kept calling him Tony Blair, which, by the way, he played like six games. Nice pick, Eagles. It's nice to know this. This isn't a new thing for you. So this, this phenomenon of just completely missing your name. So that's how the reason I know that, that Tony Blair was prime minister is because I kept calling him Tony Blair back then, and everybody's like, "The prime minister?" And I'm like, "No, the running back for the Eagles." He's a prime minister. I was like, no. He was, I think, the last Labor Party prime minister. Labor, is that their Democrats? Kind of, yeah. He, I think that's right. I, I could be, well, no, what, what? there's one after. Um, who, who's that? Oh, God, this is bad. 
Gordon uh, Brown was the other Labor Party, and then it went to the, it's been the, the Conservative Party for a long time now over there. So, so the why do the, the conservatives and uh, wonder why they don't have the conservative and liberals like we do? Well, they also have like the they what? call them labor instead of liberal. They call them labor. They've got yeah the Labor Party, That's the Conservative Party. They are yeah the National <laughs> Labor Party's out there. They they they're doing all sorts. Of, they're doing too much as the Brits always are. <laughs> but you had like Theresa May was the one who she was popular until Brexit happened, and then she couldn't successfully like get the Brexit thing to work. And then she was like, basically she was like, if I don't get this done in sixty days, I'll resign. The sixty days came up, and then she was like, well. <laughs> I don't really want to resign, but that's the one who just just resigned and quit. She resigned before Boris Johnson took over. Oh, okay. Then he resigned. Now Liz Truss is gone, and they're talking about bringing Boris Johnson back. You think this is a feminist thing? That it's all about it's because the women, they don't like women. I don't think that that's what's happening. I think there's 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 something there. I, I mean, Margaret Thatcher. That. Margaret Thatcher was there for like twelve years. She was prime minister. Yeah, I thought she was Canadian. She was not. I <laughs> don't. I don't know how to respond to that. No, I'm thinking of Margaret Trudeau. That was she was Canadian, right? Well, Justin Trudeau is currently the <laughs> Margaret Trudeau is the one that slept with everybody, right? Whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wasn't she? Had a reputation of being a little easy? I yeah. <laughs> I'm not speaking out of personal experience. I, I think that's that's her um Justin's mom. Yeah, yeah. It was just, yeah. And Justin Trudeau is he's, he's the current leader of Canada. Okay, yeah, yeah. His mom, his mom was a little, yeah, yeah. Maybe we don't know who Justin's dad. Maybe he really is. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, he's the prime minister now. I did not know that. that Mark, I blind spot did not know that she had a reputation. Yeah, I think it's in Wikipedia. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> You're a Wikipedia expert. Actually, do you want me to tell you really how I know I, I, how that came to my mind? Sure. I was watching the the '70s show the other day. Okay. They go to Canada to get I'm beer. I'm very concerned about how you knew this. <laughs> yeah, they go to Canada to get beer, and they, they get caught coming back, and Fez couldn't find his green card, so they're trying to like question him, and they're talking to Hyde, and they say something about He's like, what are you here for? He's like, I'm here to bang Margaret Trudeau, and the guy the Mountie goes, who hasn't? <laughs> so that's what you're basing this on, is one line, throwaway line from that 70s show. It was a funny line. I was very con- like, like <laughs> I was like, where did this come from? And once again, you just know random things. It is, but I'm right, I think. I, I don't know about the reputation, but okay. I know who she is. Um, I, don't know what, I don't know what to do with that. Sorry, Justin. He's, he's the prime minister. No one wants to hear that about your moms. <laughs> text her, uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Uh, we'll take some text here to wrap up this segment, and then we'll get into the next segment. We'll talk about the Basketball Media Day stuff today. Uh, players talk to the media they, they, I don't think there was anything overly interesting there Kenny Payne did have some some thoughts that are worth I think discussing we'll get to that uh, coming up after the break but we'll take some text here this segment Texture says Payne passed on Dior Amani and now DJ Wagner it's the hat trick of passing yeah sure we'll throw DJ Wagner in there too he, <laughs> in a fight on video just same as the other two guys when did this fight on video I don't remember this it, it didn't become like a big deal I think I put it on like news notes when it happened but it was did we, did, we, did we even bring it up on the show? I think I did briefly. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's something we would talk about more, though. Nah, it was because we, we thought we were going to get him at that point. Oh, so yeah. we, were, we were like, <laughs> kids will be kids. Now it's like, great pass by Kenny Payne. I'm, I'm going to sneak this by Trevor while he's doing the Cardinal Insider so he doesn't keep asking questions about it. Because <laughs> we might get him. <laughs> Dexter says, uh, 
Justin Trudeau never coming on the show. <laughs> He's done. We're never we're never no, getting on the show. But I wouldn't mind bringing moms on. I believe his mother has passed. Oh, yeah. damn it! I could be wrong about that. I I'm believe. always I'm always too late to the party. Texas, I feel like this show has turned into a children's show trying to explain British politics in the simplest terms. Well, I don't. British politics are weird. They are. You're not wrong. Like, how can we not? I mean, can we can we just kick a president out if we don't like him after 40 days? I did enjoy like seeing like uh, all the people. We've impeach him and they don't even get out of office. All the British people who are like, look at Americans. They're they're like, you can just do this. You can just get rid of someone who sucks after 40 days. You don't have to live with them for four years. Yes, yeah, it is a novel concept. I mean, even when we uh, the, the old concept of impeaching a president, we've impeached like the last five ones to be impeached didn't even leave office. It also doesn't matter. He's how... He's got impeached. They're like, oh, right, stay president though. It, yeah, because <laughs> you need what the the House and the Senate. Today. Yeah. It, it also doesn't matter how popular or unpopular you are with the American public. Like they've got no say in that. Like it's it's all about Congress and, and you know. The, yeah. It's basically how much the other party wants you out. I mean, once you like you screwed up, you voted them in. Live with it. Ha ha ha. That's kind of that's the way we were. Pretty much four more years. I mean, at least it's only four years, opposed to some branches of government where you got to keep them for like a decade, like three centuries. It's like also the biggest societal issues that we have are ultimately decided by nine wizards that nobody <laughs> voted for. <laughs> okay. What a bizarre government. You've as wizards. We're talking about British government being a weird set. We, we have the most ass backwards setup of all time. And, and, by, and, you get, and you get basically let them stay there for life. Yeah. You, which, which, no chance of voting them out. No. Once you get picked, you're good. You can't, you can't screw up. It's a great gig. But there's nothing in I, the, the concept of tenure is, is so stupid to me. Texas, as a political scientist, Trevor's comprehension of politics only solidifies the view that the universal democracy might not be the best philosophy. Did he just insult me in some way? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what's the What's the quote? It's like the the greatest argument against democracy is a conversation with the average voter. I can't remember who who made it, but it's a it's a quote that's out there. It's not untrue. Texas says uh, this politics conversation with Trevor is like an episode of Drunk History. Do you ever watch Drunk History? I have not. I watched the it's on Comedy Central, right? It was. Yeah. But it was a it was a, like a YouTube thing before it became a, a show that was on TV. And okay. back in the day, this is like what is it? Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> these days. But back in the day, this is like 07, 08, 09, like right when I was out of college and uh, we were getting drunk at parties. I would watch the the drunk history of Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr with Michael Sarah. We would watch like every single time we got hammered. Well, I mean, it's what, so good. What, they just get drunk and talk about they history? get drunk and like give their take on historical events. Oh, that sounds like it'd be funny. It's a, it's a great concept. Yeah, actually, it does sound pretty good. He's like, and then. Is there? A, is there a, like Hamilton shoots Burr. Is there a stone right history? in the chest? No, probably. We I could I, if there isn't. I think I've got a million idea, million dollar idea right now. Texas says I would watch the bleep out of a political documentary based on what Trevor thinks the world is like. It's kind of like it would be like a drunk history thing. No, but what's crazy is I'm the you, world according to TK. Do you not realize though when I'm asking these questions, you have to explain to me like a twelve year old that when as you explain it, you start realizing. How dumb some of these rules are. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like when, when Mary starts asking me questions about football, and I'm having to explain the rules, and she's like, well, why? And I'm like, yeah, it's like because it's the rule. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's strange. It's a game. What do you want me to say? Because that's the way it is. She's like, well, why can't? She's like, well, why, if the ball just crossed the line, can you not like pick them up and pull them back? I'm like, because when the, the play's dead when the ball crossed the line. She's like, but why? I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's how they drew it up in 1906. Stop asking me these questions. That's a very good comparison. <laughs> Texas says at least TK knew who Tony Blair is. I gotta give him that. Thank also, you. UK can continue to lick. I can't say that. <laughs> I can't, like you stopped the lick. Can't say that. <laughs> you know where it's going. 
I don't know if I can name another prime minister other than him, though. Well, I just gave you like four. Well, yeah, Bo- I'm, not, I'm probably not going to forget Boris Johnson. You're How right could you forget that. Boris Johnson? I won't now. Have well, you Google image searched him? No, no. He'll no. look exactly what he what he the, the the thought in your mind right now is exactly what you're going to see. Really? Because I'm, I'm, I'm picturing like just a giant penis with arms. <laughs> Pretty much. I stand by my statement. You ever seen the little Dicky ex boyfriend video? Yes. <laughs> Where he's like, that's, that's what I'm picturing. It's not far off. <laughs> Six pack. Older with Trump hair. <laughs> Texas, get this man to watch Downtown Abbey. Downtown Abbey. It's, uh, yeah, you did it. <laughs> I know. I read it. My my aunt uh, loves that, and we I remember the family thing. I kept calling it downtown. She just was flipping her lid on me. I watched the first couple of seasons. I don't. I don't like British television. Really, I don't really that much either. I like. I, I got into it for a little bit, and then all the actors they have this thing in uh, I guess British television where you sign contracts for two years. Like it's it's a stated thing. Okay, and then you have the opportunity to like extend for two more years, and so everybody kept leaving the show. And they would just kill off all the characters in ridiculous ways. I'm like, what? I know what's going on. Like the actors are just leaving. So I'm, you guys, yeah. are, you guys are just stretching the storyline to keep the show going. And now I'm out. When they, when Matthew died, spoiler alert, I was done. I was out. Not Matthew. Matthew. He was not. He was, he was the best. I, I mean, I like some. I'm not a big British movie fan. Like I never even got into like uh, Monty Python. Really, I said we've had this conversation. Yeah, before. I'm the same way. I, there there are few and far between. I, I've mentioned like Broadchurch was a, a show I did get into. I liked it. Was British, but. For the most part, yeah, just I used to hang out this one girl like loved absolutely fabulous. You remember that show used to come on Comedy Central? I don't. Oh, it was, oh it was so was it fabulous. No, oh. no, and if it wasn't the fact I was desperate for you know being touched by a lady, I probably would have never step through it. Also, a show theme. <laughs> what would you do to have human contact? Also, <laughs> do absolutely. That fab- made me laugh. do absolutely fabulous. This guy, this guy's shaving an eyebrow for a clown. Like, are you wimp? Okay, I mean, I was at Twilight <laughs> opening night. We've had that story before. Text says, "TK, what the f did you do in school?" We've uh, we've covered that in the show too. Uh, you know the usual: got drunk, got laid, drugs, usual stuff. <laughs> Learned about Tony Blair, about Tony. Margaret Trudeau. Learned how to sleep in any position. <laughs> Texas says Mel Brooks' version of history is coming from TK right now. Oh, I would love to sit down with Mel Brooks and do a History of the World Part Two. That'd be great. Texas, the new King of England, repl- replacing slutty ex-president Liz Fair, <laughs> and it's that it's the guy sending the picture again of like that weird Victorian doll. It's the weird guy from yesterday that I saw you were texting with I last did. night. I, well, because I asked him, I was trying to guess what they were, and the only thing I knew was Burger King, and I thought the one guy in the back was uh, Mickey Rourke's character, the one that gets really that's got a bad reputation for uh, stereotyping the Japanese from uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. I knew Mo Schrute was in there. I don't know who that is. Character from The Office. Oh, okay. He actually is a baseball writer. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mo. That's Mo. Mo is, is, is uh, yeah. Dwight's brother. Yeah, a cousin, wasn't it? Cousin. That's right. Yeah, yeah cousin. Well, yeah. Thank you. Um, but he did. He did tell me like one of the heads was like a was a sculpture like a his son did in art class. Yeah, I like, didn't I, recognize anything else. I must have know what that is. I, the guy gets <laughs> a thousand props for weirdness. You get. It's the it was the weirdest group of texts of all he, time. He did apologize. Like I hope I didn't give you nightmares. I was like, no, it kind of did. He can, but it was out there, even for the internet. <laughs> it was pretty much out there. Um, Texas Louisville volleyball number one. Woohoo! We'll, we'll see. I, I don't think that's official yet. The new polls will come nah, out next week. They yeah, got It will be. They got to win a couple of matches this weekend to get there. By the way, uh, next Wednesday they're going to play Notre Dame at the Yum Center. They, they have been back at the LNN uh, Credit Union Arena for the last couple of years. They used to play. 
a handful of matches at the Yum Center. I remember going to a couple of the matches that they played against Kentucky back in the day. Now, because volleyball has become such like they're selling out all the time, right, they're going so. to do a couple of select matches. So tickets are available for that. You can find those online, uh, gocards.com or Ticketmaster. Hopefully, they get a nice crowd out there for what would be a, yeah. a nice ACC win over the Fighting Irish. And their name is ranked, I assume. They're probably in the top 20 I, at least. I don't think so. Weren't they top 10 last year, I think, when we played them or something? You may be thinking of Pitt or Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, yeah. Carolina. Right, yeah. I mean, there's so many of them. How can I? I'm sorry if I thought they were too. Yeah, I don't think that Notre Dame is. Pitt and Georgia Tech were with the two. Yeah, you're right. And they're they're good again this year. We've played both. We'll play Pitt again. Um, I don't don't know if we played Georgia Tech again or not. I did watch. I remember watching them play Georgia Tech last year at one point. But Georgia Tech is currently number 10. Pitt is currently number 8. Notre Dame is not in the top 25. No, okay. West Kentucky is. Good for the toppers. Top's still hanging in there at 23. Nice. Kentucky at number 16. We've beaten both. No big deal. Yeah, just, just nothing. We've also beaten uh, – we didn't play Nebraska this year, but we've beaten – Ohio State's the only team that beat us. They've, they're number six. We've beaten Stanford on the road. They're number seven. We lost to Ohio State? It's our only loss. I don't yeah. remember us losing. It's early in the year. Oh. At home. guys. It's like Cardinal Classic. We've been traveling a lot. We're on the West Coast. They cheated. Girls were jet-lagged. They're fine. We're good to go. There's no confirmation. But I'm pretty sure Ohio State cheated. Texas TK was busy smuggling butt joints into high school. <laughs> what stuff back then was tasted like a butt joint. Love the callbacks. <laughs> Texas Matthew dying was the biggest bummer. I can't blame you. It also was so hastily done. It was like, cause you knew that they had not planned on this guy leaving the show. So it was like everybody found happiness. He was getting married to the love of his life. Everything was good. And then like, oh, no, he's driving a car. Oh, he lost control. He's dead. I was like, okay, well, it was so just out of, and that's the way the season ended. I'm like, well, I'm done. That, well, I'm out at this point. What season was that? It's two or three. Okay, it went very early. Furious. I was done. I was like, this is this show's dumb now. I'm out. I mean, did have they brought anybody back? Is this, is this, I don't know. I stopped watching. Is Mary this like a watching. soap opera or something? Pretty, it's like yeah, it's like it's like a Victorian, not Victorian, but like you know, old British kind of soap opera. So it's something you wild well, picture in the Major League Two when when the managers when Lou Brown's in the hospital. He's listening to the game, and he's like, I love this British stuff. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I was into it for a while. Mr. Bates. Uh, and then it just, it got, I got mad about it. Nah. Sybil also died. She was my favorite. Sybil? Yeah, she's hot. This is like Sybil Shepard? No. Oh. Texas, I've been listening to you guys on the TuneIn radio app, but they've started interrupting the show periodically with their own ads. We get this every day now. What is TuneIn doing to us? Do you think maybe there's somebody at TuneIn that's hearing the show, and like we, they're like cutting away from us because of our conversation? Are the Trudeaus running TuneIn? <laughs> they don't want you to know the truth. <laughs> Brian Brown took over the TuneIn company. Satterfield's contributing to the TuneIn app. He's, <laughs> he's decided to help out with him. Give his thoughts. Texas, I can't wait to see Kentucky get bounced on the opening weekend of a new tournament by a 28 seed. <laughs> <laughs> now, so now here's a question: If they do expand, does that take the pressure off of Virginia now as being the one, the only one to lose to a 16? See, I, I, now you're going to have like seeds that are like 19 and 20s. You could, but they'll have to earn their way to play a one. So you'd have you'd have to be like if you're a 20 seed playing a one or however it would work out, you'd have to win a game first to even get that chance. But yeah, maybe there, even two. There'd be an opportunity is. for a, a seed lower than 16, I assume, to to knock off a number one. See, Virginia, there's hope now. <laughs> I don't even like talking about this. It, just, it gets me all in a bad mood. I'm just even the hypothetical just just puts me in a bad place. I don't like it. Can we can we do British like law with with uh, the NCAA? Just 
get Mark Emmett would have been gone like 15 yeah, years ago. Yeah, throw him out, just kick him out right now. But then they would have brought in just like some other jack off. He would have done the same <laughs> stuff. The NCAA party. Gotta imagine the NCAA party running America. <laughs> yeah, that's. The good thing is, if you screwed up, you never you wouldn't find your punishment out for like seventeen years. <laughs> That's not. A, I don't know how good that it is. You could kill somebody and just like have home arrest for the rest of your life, which is better than being in jail forever. That's I, true. Maybe if I don't, you get I don't parole. Know. I mean, what if what if you can't? God, they they'd find a way to screw it up. Like, yeah, what, what are you in for? Well, you've been here for eight years. What are you here for? Shoplifting. Still waiting on state waiting to see a judge. It's kind of the way it works already. <laughs> Still a cart to six. <laughs> Texas, what's the message if Louisville sends? Uh, what's the message that Louisville sends if Satterfield keeps his job going six and six? It would be that mediocrity is okay, and when you realize that next season isn't going to be much better, it would be a sign that football isn't a priority. Fans won't buy tickets anymore. I think that that would be true under completely normal circumstances, and I'm not arguing your point because I think it's valid, and I'm, I'm with you on that that front. But the big caveat to fans not buying tickets and being so upset is the recruiting class. If yeah. he's able to, if he goes 6 and 6 and keeps his job and brings in a top 20 recruiting class that's the best recruiting class in the history of the program, let's say he keeps DeAndre Moore, keeps Ruben Owens, keeps Chris Clarkson, keeps all these kids and maybe even adds some more exciting players to the mix. I think that you're going to have people who are excited enough about that to at least give the next couple of years a shot. And though the weird thing is, and we've talked about this a number of times, I feel like signing that class doesn't mean that you're going to be like good next year. Well, let, let me you're going to be bad next year. Yeah, I was going to say, let me ask you, say that you, that this, we'll, we'll, we'll go halfway with this person and say, that with six and six, you keep them, you bring them back, you have this recruiting class, and as you mentioned, and this should me come as a surprise, you, you struggle next year, and say he goes three and nine next year with that recruiting Ugh. class, and you do let him go. I mean, do they do they not realize the kids can transfer now? Do they think that just once they get them here on campus, they're locked here like this is 1987? Because if you do that, then what's going to happen? For all we know, a lot of these creatures are going to transfer out. And then we've done wasted an entire year. Well, the only thing, that, cha- the only thing that changes that is the NIL deals. Because if, if you transfer out, you lose the NIL deals. And, and Yeah, but you think they can't get in out, in that good NIL deals? I mean, apparently not the ones that we're giving them. Well, why are they coming here in the first place then? Seth's personality? I don't think that's what it is. <laughs> we have, I'm. We have soupies. <laughs> I'm on the record, and I hate doing this in in just so like rigid terms. Like if he's this, if it, the record's this, then he stays. If the record's this, then he goes. But I do think there's some validity to the decision making, kind of falling coming down to that. For me, if he goes six and six, it's not good enough for me. I would say get rid of him. I've been saying that the entire time, but I think that there's a difference between what I think and what I think will happen. I think what will happen if he goes six and six is that he keeps his job. Now, if he goes five and seven, it's a no-brainer to me. If he goes seven and five, I would, I would honestly, I'd keep him. I wouldn't be thrilled with it, but I would keep him. And I think that at the end of the day, if I'm just guessing, losing record, he's gone. I know some people have told me otherwise. I have talked to other people that have said the opposite. Like you know, he he may, he may be gone even if he goes six and six. I think if he does go six and six, my guess is that he stays. Anything better, I think it's a no-brainer. He gets an extension. But maybe there's something to be said for how it happens. That's not, again, this is not, in my opinion, if it's up to me, 6-6, six and six, any combination of wins, I'm getting rid of him. But, it, you know, maybe if you're Josh Hurd and, like you said, you upset Clemson, you beat Kentucky, but you fell on your face against James Madison and Pitt or something, and that's how you get to 6-6, six and six, then it's different than if you just won the games you were supposed to win and lost the games you were supposed to lose, like in years past. But it's a, look... It's awkward anyway you slice it. And it's probably going to be, unless this team just shows out and 
overachieves dramatically in the second half or underachieves dramatically in the second half, it's going to be an awkward November and December. There's no way around it. I'll say this real quick to what you said when I when I brought that up and said kids transfer and you said the nil. Two, one word, Quinn Ewers. He went to Ohio State, made a million dollars his freshman year, and then just transferred to Texas. Yeah. It's, I mean, who's to say that Chris Clarkson wouldn't do that in one year or DJ Moore or Ruben Owens if we were to let him go after a bad year in his in first year? I mean, I think, and this is, uh, I don't know how deep, I don't have all the details about what these kids are. I mean, I mean, they won't get no money past the lead, but I'm sure they're, they're, they've, they've already made a, they'll make a chunk of it in a year. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a contract. It's, I mean, well, I mean, it is, but it is. I mean, it's not a contract to where they can't like be forced to stay at Louisville because so, they signed a deal deal. Not technically. But I don't know. I I think that at least a, I think some of the deals that would be put in place would keep kids around here at least a couple of years. But for some, sure, sure. Ohio State thought the same thing. Yeah, but well, I don't I don't, I don't think they did because they don't have to they don't have to offer kids as much. They've got guys everywhere. Um, like you know, it's well, just that kid money. made a million. He did, but it also they didn't have like long term stuff. There wasn't like mm. stipulations and stuff involved in that. It's just like, hey, we're well, gonna make them pay it back. That's gonna no. Yeah, you, you just don't get what you what you're promised for the next year. Like you're not getting it all at once. Well, uh, and also there there's other stuff out there. Plus, I mean, you also don't want to be you don't want to really do that if you're little with the nil people because then that's gonna spread to other kids and other recruits and they're gonna hear that and they're, that may hurt Louisville's recruiting in the long run. How so? Like you know, that you try to like if a kid transfers, you're like, well, I'm not giving you any, you know, I'm not giving you the money I promised you because you're going to leave now. The recruit might hear that and like, well, I don't want to do that. What if they screw me kind of that way? But it's not screwing. It's all part. Of, it's like a contract. It's not screwing to you, but it is to them. Well, no, it's not. They know what they're getting into. Maybe it's but, like the kid from Miami who was like, you know, I'm I'm getting this and unless I leave, in which case I don't get it. Like that's the deal. The, the Nigel Pack got a two year contract as long as he stays for two years at Miami. From John Reese, like the kids know what they're getting into. It's not screwing them if they leave and you say, okay. I mean, that's that's any contract. If I, I mean, that's, that's if I left this job today, I would be like, but, they're not going to pay me anymore. <laughs> we were paying you to begin with. Yeah. But but Wong Wong was threatening to leave unless he got the money. He want, he got more money. Right. I'm talking about Nigel Pack. His was he got the money. He signed for two years, but it's uh, it's basically two one year contracts. If he leaves, if he goes, if he has a good enough year to go okay, get the so, years, yeah, but so but he's he, not getting the NIL money for a second year. Yeah, but it, and, and if that's the case where, let's just say, Bleeps and Giggles, Ruben Owens, he's going to get his one year, and I don't think he cares about getting the one year, the second year here, because he's going to get paid wherever he goes. Well, cross that bridge when we get there. I think I there's know. other stuff with Ruben Owens, too. I feel, I feel good about Ruben sticking around. I'm just bringing, well, I just brought his name up just an example. I mean, it didn't have to be him. I, I say him or DJ Moore just because they're also the ones that are probably the most. DeAndre? DeAndre Moore, excuse me. DJ Moore's in my mind because of trade stuff with the Panthers. I was thinking DJ Wagner. <laughs> yeah, that too. But yeah, I, I just named those two or Chris Clarkson just off the top of my head just because they're guys that are, I would say would I would think would be pursued the more heavily than than some other recruits. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I just yeah, I, maybe it's, not. It's yeah. hard. It's it's difficult waters to navigate for sure. I don't it think is. anybody. No, I mean nobody knows how this is going to go. Nobody. It, it's a. It's why we keep saying it's it's awkward. And it would be so much less awkward if we were. I don't know. Good. Five and one right now. <laughs> Or one in five right now. Or if we'd maybe hired Brom already. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll get back to the text line. Also talk about today's basketball media festivities. What Kenny Bain had to say. What he didn't have to say. All that's coming your way next year. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X.
grow up. I like the song. The Ramones. Yeah. These thoughts on the day. I don't know. Idea. They're all band members who slept with Mark Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Props to Nora Jones. <laughs> yeah, I, <thought> that. <laughs> I did Google that as I told you on the break, though. <laughs> when I hear my parents, um, <laughs> well done. No, that's not, that would be. Uh, I don't know if that might be a connection as well that I'm unaware of, but no. Okay. There is there is something still connected with these all these this, all these uh, songs today. Somebody sent me this, and it makes me feel better about. We mentioned a couple of times that my poor timing, really not just in this regard, but in all regards of my professional career, if you want to use air quotes. Uh, but I wrote the book about Louisville sports that had a forward written by Rick Pitino, and the official published date was one day after he was officially <laughs> fired by U of L. This makes me feel better. There is a book that has been written uh, out of the blue. The Inside Story of Liz Truss and Her Astonishing Rise to Power by Harry <laughs> Cole and James Heed, which is set to be released on December 8th. I mean, can you imagine? You cancel it now, right? Can, we, or just push it up. Publish it tomorrow if it's already been written. <laughs> I mean, you get the, I mean, these poor guys have been can probably working on this now? for like, they've probably been putting the last two months, blood, sweat, and tears into this book. And now it's just, it's done. It's over. Blood, sweat, and tears into the book. Yeah. <laughs> they've probably been work, doing nothing but this book. For the last two months, and now it's just blown to hell. Do you think they could just alter it? And, what was the headline again? Was Out of the Blue is the name of the, the title of the book. The Inside well, yeah, Story. Out of the Blue, the inside story of how how, how trust didn't last. Out of the parliament. <laughs> Out of the country. Just change a few pictures. 45 days of glory. <laughs> that was 44. 45. I was wrong. 45 days of glory. Uh, she was in office for 45 days. But ten of them didn't count because of the queen. Ten of them pretty much didn't. She didn't do anything. It's like I was in school. <laughs> that was for the a, best ten days of her tenure, probably. I was. In, I made it two months into college, but like uh, you know, three of those weeks we were on winter break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton text line. We'll get to the media day stuff here in just a second. Uh, Texas every NBA podcast that I listen to and trust what they say about the game. Trevor says the exact opposite of that. <laughs> Well, you're listening to the wrong podcast, buddy. You also don't, like you admittedly don't care about the NBA that much anymore. I I care about the NBA. I just don't care about watching. It's like watching '90s All Star Game without like All Star level players. I mean, the talent level is down, and the gameplay. It's just, it, it was fun when you had you know a Doug Moe team or LMU. You had like one team that was just basically run, run up the court, shoot the ball real quick, run down, run up the court, shoot the ball. But now, when you got all 32 teams doing it, it's just annoyingly boring. I think it's fine. It's just not very good. Ba- it's not good basketball at all. It is like the time where you said that all the biggest fan bases and most attended games were on the West Coast, and then we looked it up, and like the top eight were all Eastern Conference. Because no one cares anymore. <laughs> I think all those arenas had 100% capacity. It's just, I mean, it just sucks. It's not fun. <laughs> it's just, I tried watching the Pacer game. That, like, uh, was, uh, well, it was, I think it ended up being their last exhibition game. And I well, don't to, watch the Pacers. They're tanking hard. Well, I, I guess they want so. They want your boy, Women Yama. Wemahuba? Wemanyama. Or your boy Scoot. <laughs> Either or. I don't care. Pacers never had number one pick, though. Nah. They, this, this would be the year to have it. They, uh, they, they've lost that coin flip a few times, and then, of course, they got screwed in 85. Oh, that's right. The, the, the cold envelope. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They, they, instead of getting Pat Schumann, we got Wayman Tisdale. Worked out well. Well, I mean, he, was, he did a nice little career with the Kings before he lost his leg. 
Text that I knew they'd match up Pitt and Vanderbilt in the round of 96 for the Kevin Stallings Bowl. <laughs> Maybe that's what I was thinking when I used that as the example. Kevin Stallings comes out like pulls the, the opening tip. Texas says, and I, I, I did let you get away with this. Has Trevor not heard of the playing games for the NBA playoffs? They've definitely expanded the playoffs. Oh yeah, I forgot. Well, see, again, I, I quit, it, yeah, I quit watching. Yeah. yeah, and you want you're right. You give me another reason why the NBA. Adam Silver, dude, you just just a walking waste of human space. He's so horrible. Worst commissioner in the history of the game. Not even close. Texas, can you imagine what the competition level will be in the NIC if they expand? They still won't let Bellerman in, though. <laughs> God forbid we have a good fan base in a historic arena in the NIT. God. I also like they're not Don't playing. They play Master Grabs. It's a pretty historic arena, right? Well, they're not doing it. Last year was the last year that they're having the, the Final Four. Oh, it was only the Final Four, is it? Is it was only the Final Four. Hard? You're right. It was only the Final mm-hmm. Four, though. Because every other game is at campus sites, but they're not it doing is. that anymore. They're rotating now. I think it's in Vegas this year. Because nothing says Vegas like the NIT. <laughs> what? Listen, I, I have no problem. I love Vegas. Vegas is a fun city. Bright lights, 19 lost teams. E- even post-drinking, Trevor still enjoys Vegas. Of course, it helps that they legalize other stuff by the time I quit drinking. But do we... Let's pull it back a little bit here on the Vegas thing. Like everything's got to go to Vegas now, right? The West Coast Conference Tournament. I mean, can we Pepperdine versus Pacific? I mean, why would Vegas? Just... <laughs> I mean, I mean, they got a hockey team now. They're going to get an NBA team at some point. Really, soon. hockey team's good. I mean, yeah, they and, got an NFL now. Yeah, they've got NFL, which that stadium is still pretty freaking awesome looking. Um, but I mean, can we send somebody to Atlantic City? No. Boardwalk. Gross. <laughs> I mean, why? <laughs> Texas, I'm also o- obese because of U of football now. Thanks, Satterfield. Yeah, see? We should we should do a civil lawsuit like the, the camp uh uh Ujui or Lejeune. Yeah. Yeah. Lejeune. They're still trying to get me in that thing. <laughs> you know you weren't born. Every day in my <laughs> He's causing heart problems, making people obese. That's what the season does. I can't do the roller coaster. Can I file a little, can we, we file a civil lawsuit against Satterfield for, for, for causing obesity for the way he's coached this team? Not yet. <laughs> See if he gets fired. Then we'll make it happen. Texas peak awkwardness for uh, Scott is winning the next three games with a good dub versus Wake Forest. Everyone getting hyped and then getting pummeled by Clemson, NC State, and the UK game, and then losing a bowl game against Purdue. I mean, that's <laughs> the last part right there. <laughs> it's certainly possible. First of all, I don't know if we'll ever get. I don't. I don't think we'll make a bowl game good enough to play at Purdue with the way Purdue's looking right now. Yeah, if they go, I mean, if they go nine and three. Yeah, or I don't think they're probably getting, yeah. gonna be above us. We'll be lucky to get, but and, well, unlucky maybe. But who's their coach? Who produced? Yeah, <laughs> this guy. I forget his name. Player. Blutonian. Local Jeff, ties. Jeff Blair. Yeah. Jeff Tommy, Blair. Tommy Maddox. <laughs> Boris Braun. <laughs> Texas, did you catch the on three article saying that Aaron Williams will take visits to uh, two different schools soon? Yes, I, I saw. Oh, don't get him riled up on the in three. Classic on P. This is what they on do. P three, whatever it's called. They're not reputable. Um, I saw they talked to him. They said that he one had accepted his jersey to be an All American, which was the good news. My like, cool, great story about a Louisville commit being All American, and they have to toss in there. He's looking to solidify visits to both uh, Georgia and Oregon coming up soon. And I'm not going to sit here and say that all these these guys that have been locked into the program for, what, four, five, six months at this point, who are now saying, late in the game, closing in on, on the early signing day, 
who are saying like, oh, I'm trying to visit Georgia, I'm trying to visit Oregon, who haven't been taking visits prior, does not make me a little bit nervous? Of course it does. Like, It's like everybody is just trying to... I feel like if the first crack happens, if you lose one of these guys, one of these big guys, the, the focal points of this class, my concern is that it all falls apart. And having DeAndre Moore, a guy who's a Bosco kid, who plays with three other UFL commits and a ton of other UFL so, targets. I thought Pierce Clarkson was the, the, the main dominant. He's the glue. Okay. Yeah, if he, glue, I, guess, I mean, yeah. if you lost him, then I think there's no question. The whole thing falls apart. But he so far is not talking about taking other visits. He did tweet out that he had an offer from UCLA the other night, which was something. But still, not enough yet to make me feel overly concerned. Yeah, they're having their best season in 20 years. I mean, you know. Yeah, I, I do think, though, if, like, if, you, if tomorrow DeAndre Moore announced that he's decommitted or if Aaron Williams said... I'm going to Georgia, and I'm strongly considering like committing to Georgia. I would con- be concerned about the domino effect at that point. Like it just feels like I don't know, man. Like I know NIL is is comforting. It's certainly comforting. I think with some kids more so than others, but it does feel like we're teetering on the brink of a, a collapse here. And maybe that's just me as a lifelong tortured Louisville football fan who's not used to having this type of talent committing to my program. I'm afraid you're putting your too many too many. Eggs in the basket of of NIL being like our security blanket of keeping people. What's the only reason we have the kids anyway? I mean, that's the reason we're getting them, but it doesn't mean we're going to keep them. I mean, if if that was the case, we would see less transferring across the country, and we're not. Well, no, but we would at least get them onto campus, is what I'm saying. If if they're not coming here, they're not getting the NIL deals. So that's, yeah, you know. I'm not saying I'm like all these kids are going to stay here for three, four years definitively. You're going to lose transfers regardless. I'm saying keeping the class together. We're talking <laughs> we lost about, one today already. <laughs> we're talking about signing the class. Yeah, we're true. having two different discussions there. Um, Texas says, wouldn't you say that DJ Wagner to Kentucky over UofL is most likely strictly coming down to Nike? The kid wants to be a Nike sponsor now and in the future. Seems it came down to already for their NIL deal. No, I don't think. No, because I, I mean, think he, it came down he, to listen, he's a one and done. He has a great year at Louisville. He won the national title. He goes to the NBA. He can sign with Nike after a year. I mean, it's uh, this, this, and we clearly have nil money here. Yeah, I think this is more just his his relationship with Cal. I think it was done from the beginning. Yeah. I think his dad, seeing Cal Perry as a family, as a father figure, his family, um, Michael Kidd Gilchrist two The fact that not it, as a player, but just as a situation where, I mean, Michael Kidd Gilchrist was a Kentucky kid from like eighth grade on. I mean, there was no doubt he was going to UK for that entire time. And the fact that you know, because the Nike deal has become an official thing recently and the even the, the the rumored deal that happened a couple of months ago was later the fact that calipari according to multiple people who are close to him has remained steadfast this entire time about like, like dj's going to be a wildcat says to me that he was always locked in didn't matter if it was just solely nike he was going to go to uk regardless and that's been the deal i mean before kenny Payne was hired calipari was telling people hire kenny Payne, hire dewan hire whoever you want this kid's going to play for me at UK. After Kenny Payne's hired, after we hire Milt, Calipari's, he never wavered. He, he never for one second thought that he was losing DJ Wagner, which says to me this was locked in, like you said, with Michael Kidd Gilchrist deal. Yeah. Years and years in advance, he knew where he was going. Nothing ever changed. Texas, I just threw up my mouth a little bit when you said the phrase 20 seed. I know, it, it, it's wrong. That's so bad. It feels it. wrong. It feels terrible. I hate even talking about it. I don't like even discussing it. It makes me, yeah, it makes me want to go eat another roast beef sandwich. I, I should sue the Insta Blue. Texas, is your is Trevor upset that your dad is going to pass him on Twitter followers soon? Huh? Is he? Wait, what? My dad just got on Twitter. Hold up. Hold up. Hey. How many Twitter um, followers do you have right now? I am at... Hold on. My dad has 502. Appropriate for a Louisvillian. That's pretty appropriate, yeah. 
Uh, no, he's not. I'm, I'm still at 975. I mean, you never oh, you're did, good. You never did get me over 1,000 like you promised. Well, I wanted to do it before the calendar year flip. We still have time. All right. You're at 975? Yeah. We can get you to 1,000 before 2023. It doesn't help. I'm tweeting out retweets of uh, wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, that's did you watch that video, though? What video? It's it's basically the big boss man, Hakeem the Dream, on Arsenio Hall show. Back in like I did the, not. It's, Arsenio's like looking at Hakeem the Dream, the former one man gang. You remember Hakeem? The of Dream. course. He's like, he's like, so so you're you're a black man from South Africa? He's like, yeah, brother. And then Slick's like telling him all this. Like, we have to watch it. I was looking. I'm like, what? Uh, Texture says. Blacking out has multiple meanings if you're talking about Justin Trudeau. If you know, you know. <laughs> Come on. Texas says traffic on 64 West is awful. This is Scooter Dingus. Tra- I just heard the traffic guy next door telling us this. He says traffic on 64 West is awful. Thank God for the British Parliament show. <laughs> you're welcome. Love this British stuff. I just saw a trending headline that says Salem is not Disney World. I saw that too. Like. <laughs> Do we really need to specify that? Is more people upset about Hocus Pocus? I mean, is that what it is? It's a, it a, is a, satanic. It says, here's what locals say living in which city is like in October. Oh, do you get tourist money? Oh, you poor thing. People hate tourists. The three hotels are alive because of this month, probably. Texas says, would one UofL starter start for UK in basketball? No. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, I don't know what their lineup, starting lineup looks like next year, but I, I find it hard to believe. I mean, Huntley Hatfield would probably be the closest I, to having a shot. I mean, who's your case starting line make sure? Do we? I mean, I haven't followed him. Severe Wheeler, yeah. Oscar Sheepway, the, the, the Wallace kid will start, Kaysen Wallace. Um, I don't know who else they would have. I mean, Curry and Hatfield aren't starting over Sheepway. Don't know. But Hatfield would be a four. Ellis isn't starting over Wheeler. No. <laughs> I mean, UofL's number 91 in Ken Palm, UK's number one. Like, this is, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so There's a difference between the two programs this year. Damien Collins is the other guy, right? He's supposed to start. Oh, playing. yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, does anybody, does Liverpool player make the team? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I only have would get minutes. Yeah, meet, meet somewhere halfway in the middle then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, yeah. Some, some guys would play for that team, but they're, Toppins is the guy who might start. I don't know. Huntley Hatfield might be able to start. still the there? Oh, yeah. He's still there. He transferred in after his freshman season. I know, but the way they talked, he'd have been a one and done. He was going to be so awesome. Well, they were thinking of the other top. And yeah. They thought yeah. they were getting his brother. Yeah, so they got Taylor Griffin. Texas says, we're, uh, we're good guys. The players won't transfer even if Sack gets fired next year. Not every city has balloon glows. <laughs> there is also, and I made the, I almost made the joke on Twitter, they're doing a Halloween balloon glow next weekend at Lynn Stadium. Nice. And I wanted to be like, well, now we're locked in. We brought the kids in for the wrong weekend. And I was like, it's too niche of a joke. If people don't listen to the radio show or don't listen to the podcast, won't have any idea what I'm talking about. That sounds like a perfect joke then to make. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, usually I do just go for it, but I was like, eh, not, not this morning. I'd have liked that tweet. I appreciate that. Well, you wouldn't have been awake. You would have, you would have seen it. Like, I would have, you would have heard about it just now. <laughs> yeah, and I would have just liked it. Maybe I'll still do it later. <laughs> Keep an eye out, folks. Watch the Twitter. <laughs> There's either one of y'all going to the game on Saturday. I will not be there. I don't think Trevor. Tre- the answer for Trevor is always no. How, you know, you could ask. You, you, been, you said you haven't been to a game in like ten years, right? It was I think the last one I went to was the the Miami Big East opening. When's the last game you went to? Is like is that, is that a normal fan or with a press pass? That was press pass. When's the last game you went to? Is like a normal fan. Basketball or football? Ba- football. Football. Oh, yeah. good lord. 
Without a press credential? Yes. Um, I mean, it'd be, it'd be pre-2008. So I, I can't remember the last game. I, I, uh, it would be cra- the, 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 the Rutgers game against Crackthorpe. Really? So that was 07. Yeah, the one where I sat in the the Rutgers fan section and got in a fight and gotten almost got in a fight with fans. Is that what kept you away from after that? No, no. It was just I mean, that was because I just started getting credentials in 08. So basketball would have been I think the best basketball I went to actually would have been newer than that, but it's not it's not very again very down on it. Was the Drexel game. Ooh. The first loss that were um I uh, I somebody I didn't have credentials and somebody because I was was between somewhat between stations a little bit I was doing freelance work though and somebody called me and was like because that was my first trip to the M Center and they're like you want to go I got a ticket for you and of course it was in like the upper level so the seat was so yeah. awful and then we lost the game and I was like this sucks. There's this Trevor saying the talent level in the NBA is down is one of the worst takes of all time. Throughout the 80s and 90s, the NBA was littered with expansion teams. This is without a doubt the deepest the league has ever been in terms of talent. Okay, I, first, I everybody's saying that too. You're the only person I've ever first heard of all, saying that. It's first down. of all, texture. If you're going to come at me, at least get your facts right. Okay, there was no expansion until late 80s, and I've talked about that a dozen times. The water down in the NBA in the late 80s and early 90s is because expansion is six times between 1988 and 1994. That's what, I is said, what caused 80s and the water 90s. down. Yes, and then the the other problem was. The, the talent level before the expansion in 1988 was awesome. The, the, you'll never have a team as great as the 85 Lakers because you can't get that kind of talent on a roster. A little bit nowadays because teams are loading up with like the the IE, the Miami Heat experiment. But no, it's not good basketball. You're, you're, you're fooled in the false gold of watching people just run down and just take open shots because no one's guarding anybody. God, Don't fall so for that. Old. You're so old. It's bad basketball. Play the clip that I sent you real quick before we go to break. Oh, to, to start out. Check out the 1450 account. Okay, I'm on there. Am I ever going to be able to, to play stuff from here? It was, that was another thing that I was promised the first day I came in here. Like, that was the only reason you took the job, wasn't it? I was so excited to be able to like cut my own clips and be able to play stuff from the computer. And then we did it the very first show, and you're like, well, it's not going out over the screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, for what it's worth, the tuning app's not working right anyway, so we might as well still do it. Are you ready? Yeah, this is from British Parliament today. This is a dude taking an absolute haymaker shot at Liz Truss, which is just glorious. This is British government at its best, right here. Their C-SPAN is awesome. Play it. Mr. Speaker, a book is being written about the Prime Minister's time in office. (laughs) Apparently, it's going to be out by Christmas. Is that the release date or the title? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Incredible! Why can't we get that in Congress? I mean, we do, but it's just like it's it's, it's, so no, much, it's nowhere near as good. No, it's so much meaner too. It's like, well, I'm gonna kill you. It's like, well, that's not funny. The best thing we get is like, uh, what's her name? Like, like giving golf claps, and everybody on Twitter like, ooh, look at her clapping back with the clap. Yeah, I mean that's like not even funny or even creative. At no, least be clever. That's good. Yeah, at least be clever with it. That guy's that's that's fun. Anything I've ever heard on uh, any uh, the fabulous show. It's incredible. Like it's a, it's a it's a great A clip. Keir Starmer, you're cool, dude. Nailed it. <laughs> he nailed it. Uh, like Margaret Trudeau. We gotta go to break. <laughs> when we come back, we'll hear from Kenny Payne from Media Day. Before we do take the break, though, reminding you, if you have heating problems, it's warmer this weekend. It's gonna get cold again very soon. You know how it is around here. If your heating breaks anytime this winter, you need it fixed ASAP. There's only one place to go. It's our guys over at AirServe. Call them any time of day, 24 hours a day, 502-264-9662. That's the number. If it's 4 a.m., your heat goes out. 
you can't make it through the rest of the night without that heat, they're going to have somebody available to take your call, and they'll have a technician available to come out to your home and fix the problem. All you have to do is call them at that number, 502-264-9662. To find out more about what AirServe can do for you, visit them online at airserve.com slash Louisville, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com slash Louisville. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Third hour of the show is up next. We'll hear from Kenny Payne at Louisville Basketball Media Day. It's on the way next here on 1450 and 5 o'clock hour here. Hope you're off work, headed home. Vibing to some Tom Waits. I have no idea what Tom Waits has in common with Nora Jones. I wouldn't either. This is Eagles. Oh, I thought this was Tom Waits. Hmm. It's all. It's, it, this is an Eagles song. It is. This is the Eagles. Okay. What was wrong? Were hmm. you? Well, the, I thought it was just Tom Waits by himself. Did you just fall ass backwards into a theme? Maybe. <laughs> Could this be all songs that were Tom Waits covers? Oh. Well, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> Period. Yes, Tom Waits did write Old 55, which is one of my favorite Tom Waits songs. He wrote... He wrote every song you've heard every today. Every song we've heard? Were covers of Tom Waits songs. I had no idea. You, you, I... Because I was talking to actually Dugan about this last night on the this phone. This is shocking. Like, because for some reason, because I didn't know Jersey Girl, Bruce Springsteen's Jersey Girl was a Tom Waits cover until like four or five years ago. I did not know until just now. And like, it led us down this like rabbit hole of songs that turned out like were just constant hits for these artists that Tom Waits wrote, <laughs> including Old 55 for Eagles. Okay. I, I did know the Eagles did this song. I did know that. In fact, I actually knew the Eagles version before I knew Tom Waits, which that's just because I was a younger kid, knew Eagles before I knew who Tom Waits was. And then, uh, but he also did, yes, uh, what was the other songs? Long Way Home by Nora Jones. Long Way Home by Nora Jones. He did uh, I Don't Want to Grow Up by the Ramones. Yeah, which Down, I didn't know either. Downtown Train was uh, Rod St- I didn't. I, that was the one I learned last night. I had no idea that was a Tom Waits song until last night. And uh, one song that did make the list was a 10,000 Maniacs song called I Hope That I Don't Fall in Love. I don't know that one. Uh, it's a little slower because, and I, I bumped it for the uh, a song by uh, Five Blind Boys from Alabama that redid a Tom, a Tom Waits song. Okay. You would know it as the theme from The Wire. Oh. Way Tom, down the hole? Tom Waits wrote that. God, what did Tom Waits not write? I, I, you have no. I was. It was amazing going through this last night. It's incredible. I thought I'm because originally I was going to do all Tom Waits versions, and I started doing. I'm like, 
it'd be funner just to do all the covers and see and and, and take that to theme. That's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I never would have gotten it, but still, you kind of fell backwards into it. Um, <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like you would have never guessed it if you had known that he did this original. Kenny Payne has just tweeted out major news on the UVL basketball front: Justin Perez, the Prince of Rock Nation. Our new director of administration has passed the bar. You're speaking in syllables like Jim Roman. I'm not making my waiting to see if that's the end of it or not. This guy's a jack of all trades. Oh, okay. He's passed the bar. He's passed the bar. Okay. Kenny Payne says it's a testament to his mother and father plus hard work. Surround yourself with highly intelligent people. I truly have. Congrats, Jay. Congrats to Justin Perez. Let's get Jay Z in for Louisville Live. I want to take a bar exam. Why? Would you ever want to sit through that? I mean, how long is it? A long time. It's multiple days. No. Yeah. Bar exam's a marathon, man. Is it really multiple days? I'm very glad I never had that. We can't take it like, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio did it in like eight hours, and and he did it in like a day, and 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 catch me if you can. Not everyone's DiCaprio. And that is true. We can't all do DiCaprio. I I, I wish that, can I take like a part? I just want to like take a, a, I still wish you would go do a, a law trivia against me. You want to do law trivia? Yes, I want to. I want. I want someone to come up with like good law questions. You and me, and so you could do better. Okay. It, it's law school versus SVU. I mean, I went to one year of law school, and I've watched 20 years of SVU. I, I can just tell you, somebody who watched like law school is very, very different from like what you learned watching <laughs> lawyer movies. It's not nearly as exciting. You, oh, you're telling me? I was on jury duty the whole time, and not once did I get the defense to go. I object. And I'm then you take so the I think the L stat to get into law school, which is like there's nothing about law in it, which is interesting. What's the L stand for then? Um, yeah. <laughs> I always thought it stood for law. <laughs> the bar exam, by the way, is yeah, it's two days. Oh, that's not bad. How long each day? Six hours each day. Ooh, like, a lot of writing. Just a weekend. <laughs> is this something? It's a lot of writing. You don't want to do this. Shouldn't the bar be like multiple choice? I think there are some multiple choice questions on the bar, but it's a lot of. Then again, I don't know. The bar I didn't exam, take it, so somebody can correct. The bar exam seems like one test that you probably shouldn't offer multiple choice. You shouldn't let someone get lucky and pick the right answer when the, the reward is to be a lawyer. Well, I think if, if you got lucky, you're still not going to pass the written part of it. So, True. Yeah, I guess the only other test that would be less should less have uh, tr- uh, multiple choice would be a doctor. Don't they, what's what's the. Uh, What's the doctor? What's the bar exam version of being a doctor? Well, the MCATs to get into MCATs. Is that what it is to get into the medical school? medical school. Yeah. So they don't actually have to take a bar exam equivalent though once they pass medical school. Right? No, you do like rotations. You go work at hospitals and you work. Like you have to. You're in school for like ever, and then you're like an apprentice basically for ever before you can become like a full on doctor. Then they should do that with lawyers. We can't. I mean, kind of do. You have to do like but you got internships and yeah, that's true stuff like that. Like, um, but every like law of multiple choice, it's like. Five things of paragraphs. It's like five paragraphs to like set up the question. <laughs> you wouldn't finish the, reading the question. It's not like I would need six hours to probably finish it's not one like, question. Yeah. What does a judge hit on his chair to like rule? It's like, is it a gavel? Is it a hammer? It's not. It's not like that. It's they're lengthy questions. It would take you a long time. Gavel, right? It's a gavel. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so you you could have gone to law school. 
Uh, let's talk. Today was U of L men's basketball media day. Actually, before we do that, U of L women's basketball yesterday, last night. I don't know why they were revealing the all ACC teams at like night, but they, both days, <laughs> the men's te- the men's announcement came out at like 6 p.m. on Tuesday, and then last night, like 7 p.m., they announced the women's all ACC team and the preseason predictions based on the media voting and. Much better than the men's side. Uh, the women are picked. Respect. The women are picked as the <laughs> ACC preseason favorites. Uh, they received out of a, a possible uh, how many first place votes? Out of a possible sixty first place votes, they received thirty one. They uh, are the preseason picks to win the conference. Virginia Tech received the second most at with seventeen. They're followed by NC State and Notre Dame, who got eight and four respectively. Two Louisville players. The the women they do this thing where it's I, I hate it. They have ten players, but it's one team. Just divide it into a first and second team. Just five player teams. Just make it make it simple. I mean, but they have one all ACC team, and it's ten players. Haley Van Lith uh, is on the team, and so is uh, the transfer from Florida State, Morgan Jones. They both are are on the all ACC team. Haley Van Lith, by the way, got seven first place votes for ACC Player of the Year, and that was the second most of the conference. The Elizabeth Kitley, the center from Virginia Tech, is the preseason player of the year in the conference. Haley Van List was the runner-up in that voting. Curious, the, the transfer from Florida State, was she on any teams last year while at Florida State? She was all ACC last year. Okay. She lit us up when we played them. Like, Jeff Walls does that thing where it's like, you, know, you don't want to play too well if you're playing Jeff Walls in conference play because he might take your your best player. I was kind of hoping she wasn't, and they were just like, it's basically saying just because she went to Louisville, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's automatically she's going to be way I better. I mean, talk about smacking the face of whoever FSU's women's coach is. The Emily Angsler effect. <laughs> yeah, it's, I was kind of kind of hoping you would say, but, you know. No, you had to ruin it. She was good at FSU. She was good at FSU. She'll be better here. <laughs> That's true. That's the way that it works. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, she led FSU in scoring last year at 14 points uh, per game, and she was an all-ACC performer. But right. she was preseason all-ACC right now. She was just the 15th All-ACC selection in Florida State history. Can you name the other 14? I can't name one of the other 14. <laughs> there was Sarah and Candace. <laughs> so Trudeau. Props. <laughs> props to Jeff Walls and company, once again, expecting to win ACC titles. But Kenny Payne today was uh, going through Media Day stuff. The players talked. I saw some of the breakout stuff that they did. There were some interesting questions, but not anything that really, I think, caught anybody's eyes. Uh, Kenny Payne came out today. He, I think, echoed a lot of the the sentiments that we've heard from him every time that he's talked, which is basically like, please don't get your expectations that high. Um, he, he said, I think we're going to be you know, good long term. Better than St. Rupert, Kentucky. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we got there. I don't think that came up today. We should all be friends. He came out, he, he started talking about Louisville a lot. And Kenny Payne has said, he, he said this in the athletic story that Brian Hamilton wrote this week. He never prepares statements. Like, like, he never writes anything down. He wants everything to be genuine. He wants it to come from the heart. I believe that. So when he comes out and does his opening statements, like he, has, he hadn't really thought about this. He's just going to say what comes to his mind. And he came out today and he said, you know, excited about Louisville Live. Thankful for Jack Harlow coming in town and doing that. By the way, my wife was trying to get tickets today. Like, there was... It absolutely, she had the, the pre-sale code and everything, and it was there for like two hours. Couldn't get any tickets. Like they, for the Yum Center for concert? For the Yum Center concert. It's going to be nuts. Don't you have strings to pull? I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. I mean, you kind of you got to be that guy, though, for the wife. Yeah, she, she, I mean, for you, it's, yeah, it doesn't matter, but I mean. She took care of it. Okay. She bought tickets. I think she's good to go. But if it came down to it, I'd be like, ah. Are you going to the concert? No. She's who she going with? Uh, three friends. And her sister. Her sister and two friends. She invited me? No. You can go if you want. <laughs> I can't do concerts right now, unfortunately. I, yeah, I wouldn't do. Are you? Are, is she going just to hopefully hear your name in a rap? Yes. 
<laughs> we established that's going to be in the rap. It's going to be tough to rhyme. That's not that tough. Mike Rutherford. No. Uh, Such a turd. No, how about, uh, hold on, let me think about it. Um, Harlow, okay. Get on the court. Make you, make you look like a nerd. I got a silver tongue like Rutherford. I like it. You like that? Sure. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Come on, Jack. Hire, hire me as a lyricist. Make it happen. Make it, make it happen. Uh, but, Don't step to us because we're the cards. Okay, Payne, he, he talked about uh, whether it's 10,000 people or 5,000 people at the event on Friday. I really don't care. I just want us all to come together. That's important. I think our players need it on both sides, the women's basketball team and the men's. I want this community to know that for us on the men's side, it's not going to be perfect, but we're going to go out and fight as hard as we can every <laughs> single day. It's really important for me to say that. <laughs> He's just determined to keep low expectations. Basically, and it's not a stupid thing to do. Anytime he starts talking complimentary about the team, he's like, he's like, you know, we're going to be a great team. He's like, may not be this year. He like always has to catch himself. He's like, we may be. You know, these guys can't dribble right now, but eventually we're going to get there. I mean, I feel like at some point during the season, there's going to be some fans that are going to be like, man, what is up? How why are we not playing this well? And Kenny Page is going to be like, dude, I, to- I have been telling you this for months. He said today. <laughs> One of his spiels today, he talked about you know installing the culture and how he's not sure when these kids are really going to get it. And he actually said, "We may." He's like, "I may not know until January or February how good or bad we're going I to be." I heard that clip, yeah. And I was like, "Well, in February, like, we should, we should have a pretty good idea one way or the other." That's almost the end of the season. Uh, I mean, I, I get his point about how we're not going to understand, but like, if we don't know by February if we're good or bad, like, that's going to be. Oh, well, in defense, the football team took to week six to gel. I mean that's the equivalent. Of, that's the equivalent of like late December. But now we're gelled. We're good to go. <laughs> this is gelled. We're gelled. We'll find out good Saturday Lord. night. He was asked about you know going through practices, running practices as like the guy for the first time at U of L. Uh, how it's been rewarding so far. He said it's been both rewarding and frustrating to be honest with you. It's been rewarding in the fact that I'm establishing a culture. And the reason that I know this culture is good is because players are on their knees right now saying I can't make it through practice. Their eyes are saying this is hard. This is unbearable. That's how I know it's good. I'm changing the culture with a work ethic that's probably borderline impossible. I like that part of it. I get frustrated because I want them to embrace it more. I want them to understand why I'm doing it. I want them to dominate a practice. After every practice, I'm asking them, did the practice beat you or did you beat the practice? So they're being challenged and some of them are embracing it and some of them are more like this is a lot which is kind of in line with I think what we've heard from people who've been to practices. You're having some guys that, I mean, I've been told like some guys just have kind of crap body language that they're acting like, this, this, you know, why are we doing this? This is too hard. This is dumb. We're doing way too much conditioning. Other guys, I think L. Ellis namely has been the guy that everybody's going to practice has been like, this is the dude who's very clearly in control. He's, he's the leader. He's yelling at guys who aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. I like that. He's embraced this, but some other players, it seems like are, still kind of they haven't bought in yet and i think until kenny payne gets full buy-in that's not just kenny payne it's every coach until you get full buy-in from everybody the culture is not going to be completely changed and i think he's still waiting on that to happen i think he's it's it it sounds like he's frustrated that it hasn't happened faster and conditioning is a big part of this team because it's not a very deep team no i mean you you need to be good i mean that was conditioning was one of the first things patino came in and did one of the first things norman dale did when he got to hickory two of the greatest i mean yeah they, they they both won now, I mean, he's talking about them falling to their knees and not being able to handle it. I, I mean, it's not be too hard. I don't want to go like Rutgers coach and practice on them. But, I mean, you know, stay on them, though. He was asked about, you know, where. the Rutgers coach? Was it Flood or something? What? Wasn't the Rutgers coach that got, was throwing basketballs at kids? 
Oh, was the it? the the nails guy. Yeah, was it Flood or something? But he was the Kurt Flood was the football coach at Rutgers. That's what, what it was. What was his name? I don't have to look it the up. Ba- the football and basketball coach both got in trouble at the same time. Flood was the he football. Looked, Mike Rice. Mike Rice. That's right. He yes. looks like Officer Dangle from Reno Nine One One. That's that's how I always. <laughs> Best Reno Nine One One is the lottery ticket scene. That's a good one. That's the best thing I've ever seen. It just cracks me up every time I watch it. I like the one where the guy's like making them dig their own graves, and he's just like, "No more questions." And the guy's like, "Was it okay if I sing a question?" <laughs> and then he shoots him in the leg. I laugh every time I think about it. I never actually watched that show. When it was, oh, it was great. I've just seen clips here and there. And they, all, they usually make me laugh. It was great. Right. Uh, but yeah, Kenny, yeah, thank you. Distracted you, <laughs> Mike Rice. We went from what Rutgers to Reno to. <laughs> Uh, Kenny Payne got asked, you know, you've been on the job now for seven months. You've seen the team practice on and off since then. What's your take on, on where you are now versus then? And he said, we've gotten better, a lot better, but we still have a long ways to go. What does that mean? I can't put wins and losses on that. I can just tell you that we've gotten better. We've gotten better as a unit. We've gotten better individually. We've tried really hard, but we still need every person to get better and conquer themselves to feel great about themselves. we got a long way to go then. This is a, a common theme is him talking about, we can't be focused on opponents. We got to be focused on ourselves. Like we got to, you, know, you can't beat ourselves. We got to win the battle against ourselves. Like he's he very clearly this is something that he hammers home with these players. All of these quotes, everything that he's saying, it all leads to nervousness. It all indicates whether he know because he's saying like I don't know how this is going to go, but it all indicates to me that that they think that this season is probably not going to be what we all want it to be. Which is a dramatic overachievement where we're like, it's 12th in the league. We're going to win the league. Well, you know? what we all want or what you and me just want, which is just I expect that hopes of maybe getting our name heard. I think that he certainly, and maybe this is him, You know, it's been a question on the text line several times, is this what he genuinely believes or is this him just purposefully trying to short sell this team so that we dramatically overachieve? Either way, it's the right thing to do. Also, is I mean, he could also, I think it's genuine. He could be one of those people that, you know, is everything – Always thinks negative, the most negative of every situation. You see those fans where they're like, even like I, 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 I kind of party now. Our boy, my boy Sweeney's a big Giants fan. They're five and one. Always oh, we, we suck. They suck. They, they go sixty. No, we suck. We're we're so horrible. You, you know that. You know those fans, right? You kind of do that with the Eagles sometimes. Well, I did going into the season because I had low hopes, but now I'm now they've got me. Now I'm Jalen Hurts all the way. Now, are you thinking Super Bowl or bust at this point? I'm thinking definitely NFC title game at worst. Okay, I like that. I mean, there's no reason why there's nobody in the NFC that's shown me that they're as good as we are as long as we stay healthy. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, that's he could be that. He could be just kind of one of those negatives that, like, even when they're looking good, it's he's negative to it. Could be. Yeah, we, we don't – honestly, we don't know enough about no. this man to really – You're right. The sense that I get and the sense that I get just from hearing reports from people who have gone to practice, people who both played at UofL and who are just – normal fans like us leads me to believe that he's genuine when he's kind of setting the bar purposely low or maybe at the right level. So sure. Yeah. Like he doesn't, he's not saying like, you know, he's not coming out and saying definitively, like this is not going to be a tournament team in year one. We may not be better than we were last year or anything like that. But he is saying like, I don't know how it's going to go. If it, he's basically laying the foundation for, if this doesn't go the way that you want to be, hang in there with us. This is not going to be, a one-year deal, you know, all the cli- Rome wasn't built in a day. Any cliche you can throw out there, just stay patient, just keep the faith, just remain loyal to us. Eventually, we're going to get this thing right. It just may not, like the the fruits of the labor may not be seen immediately, which is understandable. But, but certainly, it's not what anybody wants to hear right now. No, but and I think you can see even with 
adding any more players. You can see fruits of the labor before the season's over. You can, but like for the average fan, you may have to look a little bit harder, right? Yeah. Like the average fan who just heard that Kenny Payne was coming, heard that he's this dynamic recruiter, heard that he was— he's already, that, that person's already pissed we didn't get D.J. Wagner so yeah, far. I mean. but well, also maybe the person who's not even paying attention to recruiting who just knows we got this new coach who was at Kentucky who helped them win and get all these great players and win national titles, well, here. national title, <laughs> and uh, you know now he's going to come here and right away— we're going to get things turned around. Chris Mack's out. This is going to be better. They may you know, check in in December and see that we've lost four or five games and say, what the hell? Like yeah. This isn't what I was promised. Okay. I think he's trying to get that message out to, to those fans. That's and probably saying, a good thing. Yeah, it's saying, like, you know, this, you're not going to be happy with this. You may not be happy with this, but you'll be happy in two or three years. And if you remain patient, if you remain faithful, if you remain a loyal card fan. Um he was asked about, he talked about defense. He wants to win defensively. Every great team that I've been a part of has won with their defense. That's what we you know, we know we have to do. Then I he love got, that. I liked what he, the answer that he gave when he was talking about you know, your relationship with your players as an assistant at Oregon, as an assistant at Kentucky. How is it different now that you're at Louisville? And he said, I've had a lot of talks about it being different. I can see players are apprehensive to come in and sit down and talk with me more so than when I was an assistant, but I encourage that. For example, Brandon Huntley Hatfield came to me yesterday and said, Coach, I need to talk to you. What can I do more? I feel like I'm at this place. I want to get better. What do you see? Payne said, I love that. I also love talking to the parents. What is your son saying to you? Did he tell you that we're doing a book club, that we're reading? Did he tell you that we're eating together? Whatever it may be. It has to be different for him because he's always been like the the guy that I think players would go to and say, you know, the good parent. Exactly. Like, you know, like, da- dad's dad, so mean. They just go to mom and mom tells you it's going to be okay. Right. Like she's, she, he it, still loves you. Isn't she being ridiculous? Yeah. Like, and now he's the head honcho. Like, he's the one that, that, that the players are going to other assistants to and saying, like, you know, and you can't, should you, we really be doing you this? You can't make the assistant the bad guy because no one's going to take it as much seriously as if the head's the good guy. Exactly. And at the end of the day, the head coach that. is the one who decides who plays and who sits. And so, yeah. of course, players are going to be more apprehensive to go to him because every move they make – they feel like is going to affect their playing time or affect their starting spot or affect, you know, whatever. And so for Kenny Payne, this guy who's been billed as this just great relationship coach, this guy who forms these these clear, tight bonds. I mean, re- read any of the quotes from former UK players over the last six months that have been written in all these stories, and it doesn't matter that he's at UofL. They, they love this man. They're very willing to dedicate a whole chunk of their success to what he was able to do with them at UK, and that was kind of always his thing. And now you can't be that exact same guy when you are the man, when you are the the ultimate decider. And I think figuring out how to walk that line is going to be a you can be a, a big time coach, deal for him. But you can't be you can, but you can't still you you can't have the same effect that you yeah, did when you were the second man at UK, right? That, that's right. And I think figuring that out, it's one of those deals that it's just it's like, he's telling us like it's going to take some time with the players getting all this. It's going to take some time for Kenny Payne too to figure out exactly how to do this. And that's for any first-time head coach. John Shire, I'm sure, is going to be in the exact same position at Duke. Like, you have, you can't know exactly how to do it until you've been doing it for a while. And I think he's just going to have to figure that out as he goes. Um, he had great things to say about Al Ellis. He had he was very complimentary about Fabio Basile, saying he's a great basketball player who has a lot to learn. He said the same things about Hersey Miller. Uh, I don't know how Hersey Miller would feel hearing this quote. Where I'm he says, oh, intriguing. Hersey Miller, I'm just asking him to be solid. Just be solid for me, and I'll play you. I know what you'll give me defensively. I know where your heart is. I know you work very hard. I don't care about talent level. I don't care that it may look like on paper that a guy may be way more talented than you. Will over skill. I'll take that. 
If I'm Hersey Miller, I'm like, what the hell? Why, <laughs> why am I Rudy over here? <laughs> I mean, my dad's Master P. Yeah, well, Rudy's dad was was Ned Beatty. He was. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, that that quote. I mean, he basically. I mean, you're just like you know. Try. I hard. mean, he has talked early in the his last Hersey Miller quote was something about him not being you know not back to 100 percent though too, wasn't it? That he's been. He, he didn't he say something along the line. He like, didn't say anything about he it. He would have been but, better if he hadn't got hurt at Tennessee State or whatever or something like that. Well, we know he got hurt at Tennessee State. That's yeah, why he only he only was, played yeah. uh, I think four games last year before he got hurt. But he because he, he kind of sold Percy on the, the he would trust me his he like I, and this is you know not verbatim that's just me just you know vaguely quoting it but it was something along the lines of he would have been better if he hadn't been hurt and trying to kind of maybe pump pump him up a little bit. Well, I mean, yeah, I think his numbers at Tennessee State were were nothing, but that was yeah, like in large part there. because he got. He was hurt. He was playing limited, and then he got more hurt. And then he went to Xavier and didn't play at all before he left. So I don't know. Yeah, I think just that's kind of what he was talking about. But, yeah, it may have just been him trying to to pump up Hersey a little bit. Now, here's the, the question that really caught my eye. He got asked, what's the level of excitement heading into the season? And you'd think, you know, everybody's like, hell yeah, we're ready to go. Kenny Payne's response was, excitement? A little bit. I want to make everybody happy. Everybody. I want you guys to be happy with the program. I want this community, this university to be happy. That is an obligation that I feel for this place, for these players, for this community. The reality of it is I don't know where we're going to be. I really don't. Again, I'll say this. You can't conquer an opponent if you can't conquer yourself. I'm doing everything in my power to get them to conquer themselves. It may be January or February before I know how good or bad we'll be. That was the That's, that's kind of the money quote that's out there. Which, a long answer to a short question. He, I think he genuinely has no idea. Like, I, I mean, think, it's hard also to tell because he's again he doesn't he doesn't like ooze charisma, so like I don't know if he's actually happy or not sometimes when he's talking. I think also like with Kenny Payne, think about it, the last what fifteen years of your coaching career, you've been around either undeniable future pros at Kentucky or actual pros with the Knicks. Well, wow. what he's dealing with right now has to look markedly different than that, right? Like, I, I think he knows watching this team play, like, it's not, this is not the 2014-15 Kentucky Wildcats. not even the 04 Oregon Hold on, team. but the, the question becomes, like, how much of a drop-off is it? And I don't think he knows, because at UK, the especially the years when he was there, they were always a national title contender. Mm-hmm. I think he looks at this team and he says, I recognize that we're not that, but are we, like, is, is the drop-off top 25 good? Is the drop-off tournament good? Is the drop-off you know, ten win good, and I, and I think he genuinely doesn't know right now. I mean, in fairness, he probably took a drop off talent going from UK to the Knicks. Mm. So I mean, uh. I mean that's that's the, he's probably getting used to drop offs. I mean, it's like I said, just I don't. I mean, this talent levels. He said better talented teams at Oregon as well. I mean the the oh for sure. Yeah, I mean, but he had some also some untalented teams at Oregon. So maybe that can he can just go back to those days. Cardi can't be like, Ernie. How do we deal with this again? Do you remember? He's like, no internet. He's like, oh, yeah, crap. <laughs> uh, he got asked about you know, the, the leadership on this team, uh, you know, announcing the captains, Ellis, Withers, and Curry. Uh, he said Ellis has been great. That was pretty straightforward. I think everybody who's, who's seen this team has said the same thing. Ellis looks in great shape. He's clearly the leader. He says, and this is the other thing that people have said, Sid is trying to figure it out. He's fighting the conditioning, just to be honest with you. I know he wants to do it, and it's hard. Jalen Withers has been fine. Now, we know he didn't talk about Withers being hurt, but we've heard that Withers has been sidelined with an injury. And everybody who's seen this team practice is like Sidney Curry looks kind of miserable. Like he just he doesn't he looks a little bit out of shape. He looks like he hates the running. He looks like he doesn't like I think when he when you hear Kenny Payne talking about 
some of these guys, I'm still kind of waiting. For, I, I tell, I can tell that they're questioning this. I think he's talking about. I think Curry's one of the guys that he's thinking of. It's very clear based on people that you're talking to that Sid is like, he's just not 100 percent there. He, he's just not 100 percent buying well, into the running and the conditioning. He, he, I mean, he, he was out of shape last year beginning of the season and got in the game. And he got in shape in the middle of the season, which was weird. Yeah, I mean, he looked a different guy at the didn't end. Didn't he of the year. lose? I mean, I mean, he lost a significant amount of weight during the season. Like last during year. the season, it was like he 20, looked like 30 pounds, right? And something. now, if you watch some of the videos that are out there, he looks kind of like the guy that we were seeing this time a year ago. I mean, so why, I don't understand, is it, I mean, what's going to be different with the conditioning in any way? I mean. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, conditioning is conditioning, isn't it? I mean, is it pretty much all the same in some way? I wouldn't, I've never done any of it, so I, I, I don't know. The Curry transformation last year was really, I don't want to use the word bizarre because it was great, but it was strange to see him go from a dude who looked like kind of an out of shape, almost portly Juco transfer to at the end of the year, like he was cut like look like he was like a, yeah. he was a beast he, he was like the last guy in the world you would ever want to fight and now he's kind of back to looking like he needs to, to to go back on that whatever december january february plan that he was on is it be just because he got to that point and he just like got lazy again i don't know i mean i can't, I can't tell you what he's been doing this offseason mm-hmm. but he's i think pain sp- statements speak for themselves maybe a little little, little less adult happy meals with those that nil money Hey, they've got the new. They have those uh, old Halloween pails and the Happy Meals now. Ooh, they're they back. do. They're back. It's hard to resist McDonald's when they got the Halloween pails back. I don't even. Have, you, you know, sad. <laughs> I think I, I've got the. I've got. I had those still anyway. My mom kept I, them. I've still, still got mine. Yeah. Her house, I think. My, I have them in my house still. My mom still uses them still for Halloween. I. It's come back around. <laughs> I'm pretty stuff I already had. <laughs> um, I tell you what. Let's take a break on that note. I'm a nerd. We can come back. <laughs> We'll take text line thoughts on Kenny Payne's uh, press conference today. Are you he- are you liking what you're hearing? Are you worried about what you're hearing? What are your thoughts? Also, nonsense coming up as well to end the show. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It rolls on next here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Final segment here of the Thursday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Still, still Troy about the bones. Just talking to Troy about it. talking about Yeah. yeah he's just Troy at 540. Which... I was like, why are you here, man? Not a telethon day. You said, I usually don't see him here when I get here. Yeah. Now, I, have, I, will, say, I will say that, you know, we, we like to tease that we're the only ones ever here other than, you know, our traffic guy next door. But, like, the last few days, there, there's been people here every day. When we, I've been getting here. Busy. Yeah. 
I was thinking. You still make fun of me for telling the, the, the telling Debbie. Debbie, good morning. Good morning at, at two forty-five or two fifty or <laughs> three, three every yeah. day. I was thinking because I, I I've seen now a bunch of people have had like trick or treats at their place of business and their kids have come to the office and stuff. We used to do it when I was at iHeart. You know, the iHeart building was huge and all the people yeah. would have like you know they'd have candy and the kids would would come in. They go from like you know basically like like you know. No, I know. What you're station talking. to station, or to the, you know, the the cubicle to cubicle. And I was like, "What if we did that here? Like, my kids come in here, just like oh, two people here giving out candy. It's like a very quick, big X studio trick or treat." We used to do it at the mall when did I worked really? at Heroes. Kids would come to the mall, and you get. That's I was, a cool idea. I stand at the front, the front, uh, front entrance of you know Carbert Heroes and hand out candy. We're doing it at like we live close to Brown Park, and we're gonna do. The, Brown Park has a cool trick or treat Saturday morning that we're going to do. It was great last year. But like now I'm realizing because and then I, have I like, like Brown Park. I've got buddies that run their own businesses now that have like trick or treat. And they're inviting my kids over to do that. So she's gonna end up having like seven trick or treat events before actual Halloween. When I was growing up, we did zoo, and then we did Halloween, and that was it. See, I didn't even do zoo when I was a kid. And a I, lot of people didn't do zoo. I just did my neighborhood. Now, granted, my neighborhood. Um, I mean, I live in Briarwood. Like it's connected to like Plantation uh-huh. and Langdon Place, and so in Dove Creek. So we just walked through the neighborhoods. And get a decent little turnout. And I mean, nowadays, like I said, I don't get hardly anybody in our neighborhood. Like all the kids have moved out. But um, do, you, do you get a lot of trash at your house? I think I've actually ours like ebbs and flows every year. The last couple of years we've had next to nobody. But I feel like the first few years we lived at the house, we had like a ton. It was like it was a bunch. I, remember, I, I mean, I lived on Norburn over near near where you're at for for a brief moment. Not the good part of Norburn. The Norburn, the the ghetto Norburn. Right. That's what we, we established. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Like what happened to Trevor? Now he's living here. Uh, the uh, we I can't remember how many we had over there though. That was also, oh good lord, that was twenty years ago. The second or third year, third year that we lived at the house, I told a story. I think I put it on Twitter about you know, I had to do the old man thing where it's like kids are so rude these days in the church. Like which is fine. Like if you don't say please or thank you, like I get kind of annoyed. But uh, I'm willing to move too. on. But like one kid threw leaves and dirt in my house. And so I better than an egg. Yeah, and, and, but like, and he like made a joke and like threw like I don't know, I still don't even know what the joke he was making was. But I was like, Man, get out of here, little bleep. And so I tweeted about it, and then like his dad, I guess, saw the tweet and responded was like, was he dressed as this? Like, I think that's my kid. If so, and I was like, how big is this guy? And I looked at it, he's way bigger than I was. I'm like, I'm not responding. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I, don't, I don't need these problems. Now, you, but, have, yeah, you have more interactions with children than I, I mean, and not you just. Kid, well, the kid was a little bleep. Between that and the one you want to beat up for the in the Virginia incident. Well, yeah, kid punched my kid. <laughs> and a, a grown kid punched my then two year old daughter in, at a playground. No, yeah, if you I ever go back up. and listen to the beginning, like the day that story happened, the kid has gotten older daylight every time. No, he's eight. He's been eight every single time. <laughs> I thought he started out as like her age. Now no, no, like, no, he was eight. Now he's like twenty seven year old. <laughs> no, no, that was the whole thing was he had St. Agnes stuff on, so he's oh, okay. clearly a grade school kid. And his the, the other kids like yeah the eight year old class so he's eight. Do but, they um? Because I'm in the Brown Park in forever. Uh, do you, have you do you go walking around there? I guess with Virginia and Mary. Sometime? We haven't done it as much. We used to all the time. Did you ever go to the graveyard? Yeah, the one in the very back. Yeah, yeah, that has oh, I love it's the love the Brown one. family. Is is that who that is? Mm-hmm. I've uh, I've got some I've got some good high school stories from that place. Really? Because yeah. it's not it's very small. It's very small, very hidden. Things happened back but, there. Oh yeah, we used really to, that that was the that was the place we would go to uh, to smoke. Really, and do and do other do other uh, substances. The graveyard of Dayton was also the place because what the thing is is that you would you would park in Brown and walk there, 
and just hop over the you'd hop over the gate because it's locked constantly. It always is, yeah. Still, and it was always kind of cool too, especially if you're an acid. That like you see the graveyards that are like from night like 1800s and stuff. Yeah, the, the graves are very the gravestones are very they're all tilted, they're all kind of cracked, and they're old. The ones that you can read are from like, like I said, early 1900s, 1930s, even earlier than that. And the the positive of the way we do it that way is because it, it's not maybe less known, but because you can hardly see it when you're coming up the hill. You can barely. You, you have can, to take the like the little walkway to get there. But there is a road that goes down to it from the main road. At least there used to be. I don't think there is anymore. Did they get rid of that? Yeah. And that's what it was. Is that that one of the reasons we like doing that is because if you were coming, if you were taking the main road to it, it was impossible to sneak up on you. Because you, if like a cop would come down there or something, you would see them coming up with the headlights, and you could get away quick enough. And there was at least once or twice where we had to hop the fence and run. Yeah. But uh, that was that was kind of that was I had some friends that lived over in the area. I was kind of yeah, I worked you know in this in this area, so we would that was the where we would go park at Brown Hotel and then or Brown Park, and then we'd walk over and Did hang out in the graveyard for a few hours. I mean, I knew Brown Park, I knew substances were had around Brown Park. I didn't know it was the the graveyard. That's again, it's like a tiny area. It is. It's not very big. I mean, we just sit up on a tombstone and you know partake. Wow. Uh, Texas, who smokes more weed, TK or Harlow? I think TK. Does Harlow smoke? He, I know he gave it up for a while. I think he's back at it. I like this. I like to smoke with Harlow. I mean, me and him could do lyrics together. Friday night, make it I, happen. I, I said, Mobile like, live. By the way, my cousin just texted me because he knows working radio station. I mean, I don't know how to respond to this. He's like, "Hey, Jack Harlow is going to play the Yum Center in December. <laughs> Tickets go on sale to the public in the morning. Do you think you could hook me up?" <laughs> I like, <laughs> actually went on sale this morning. I like what what I want to be like. I kind of want to reply with a, the picture of me and Harlow from the kickball thing. No problem. Be going, I got you. I do, like, <laughs> even though I don't, because I have no connection to it. Like I've had friends, cousins before, who were like, "I'm going to be in Louisville for work. Like, can you get your tickets to the Louisville Duke game?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> like, first of all, we barely know each other. Second of all, no, I've got I've got no pull. And if I did. I don't think I'd be putting my. I wouldn't be using my good favors for you. <laughs> it is amazing. Anybody that thinks like you work and somehow sport, like you just get you tickets everywhere. Oh yeah, they think it's just. It's, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I, can, I you probably, on the, can you get me in the winter circle for derby? No, <laughs> oh, no. I can't get myself into derby. I've gotten derby requests. It's I, unreal. It's like no, I can't. <laughs> I thought you did sports stuff. I do. Gave me tickets. No. <laughs> If I got tickets up for all these places, I'd be going to a lot more things myself. <laughs> the only time well, I probably should tell that story. Never mind. <laughs> I was gonna say I did. I did use uh, credentials to help get my uncle into Breeders' Cup just to because to, as he's a huge horse racing guy, and I knew we, you know. I think I told you how I went to Breeders' Cup, went to Millionaires Row, and yada yada yada. Uh, I took him with me under uh, false pretenses of the uh, media guy media uh. credential. What was bad? We ran into Jody Demley, and Jody knows him. Jody was like, huh. <laughs> Jody knows me. He's like, huh. <laughs> I know a lot of people that actually have gotten into those horse events who have like with, with media passes that are not media people. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they didn't put pictures on them, they just put names on them. One time we actually went to, I think it was, no, it was Derby. I was going to say it was British Cup. It was Derby. And like I had my press pass, and Mary, like Mary accidentally, based, long story short, she had her hat accidentally thrown away. Ooh. And she was very excited about the hat. And so she had to like get out and get back in. And the only way that she'd never ticket with her, I just gave her my press pass. I was like, you can get whatever you need to just with this. That, yep. And so she used it and like it was like save the day. She found her hat in the trash, basically. Nice. Like, got back in, got back to see us. But it was a it was the day was almost ruined before it even got started. It was, <laughs> I was like, when I saw her without the hat and she was like, What happened? And her, her other friend was like, I think I may have thrown it away. I was like, Oh, First of all, how do you no. throw away a hat on accident? You get very drunk and you're holding a bunch of like 
trash box lunches. You throw them away. And you trash get box them. lunches. Yeah, it was, it was a bad scene for a moment. Texas says, "All right, let's get to as many takes as we can yeah, before we, we gotta get, get out of here." Texas, all right, this is a long rant, but hear me out. No, no that's not perfect timing. <laughs> well, you're gonna like this. Total agreement with Trevor on the NBA product. Oh, read on. First of all, too many guys are buddies. 80s and 90s, they, they despise other stars. Love Second, it. Jordan Poole just got $35 million a year. He's not even a starter. Amen. Magic and Jordan are rolling over in their graves. They're not dead. <laughs> it is all run and gun now. No D because everything's a foul. Steph Curry would not have survived in the 80s and 90s. Well, no, first of all, Steph, I, I would disagree with Steph Curry. Steph Curry is a bad, bad mojo. I mean, the problem with Steph Curry, though, and this is problem with the NBA is Steph Curry is so awesome at what he does. Everybody wants to be Steph Curry. And they're not Steph Curry. No one else. Everybody wants to come up and shoot these threes like Steph Curry does. And the problem is, is there's only one Steph Curry. And instead now we've got one Steph Curry and a bunch of wannabe Steph Currys. And that's what makes the product look like crap. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I think the, the analytics of, like, if you shoot a lower percentage from three, it's still is worth taking way more threes than twos is what makes that look bad. And because the, the rule thing is, and that's, that's the NBA though. That's Adam. So I mean, technically I, I can't even blame silver for this one. This was a, that was Stern that wanted to do the, the movement, Freeman of movement thing. And, and it was, it was a rough going. I mean, you saw for years where NBA fans were angry because the free throws were so high. And, yep. and what that was, was it was just the players learning that, we're not allowed to play defense anymore. The players adjusted. Yeah, and they and, learned, and you saw guys like James Harden who were, were you know face were false good. And it's why the experiment did not work in college. They tried to do the same yep, thing. They did. And they basically they the, the officials caved. They were like, okay, we're not going to call it like this anymore because play, people are like furious about this yep. and it's making the games look terrible. So now the game still kind of looks like the way it did six seven years ago. But the NBA held to it, and yeah. the, the league learned and. You know, we did get three years of seeing Harden taking 50 free throws and Westbrook taking 50 free throws, but, you know, now that's, the like I said, players just learned, hey, I'm just, I, I don't guard them. If I don't guard them, then I don't get called for foul and I don't have to worry about anything. That's what they do now. Texas, everybody is buddies today, acting like Michael Jordan and Danny Ainge didn't play golf together on off days during the NBA Finals. Who cares? Danny Ainge was the backup guard with the Blazers. Who cared? Still. <laughs> kind of shoots down the premise. <laughs> Barely even was a contribution to that team. Texas says if... <laughs> Texas says if Kurt Rambis had to guard Giannis, he would call the cops. <laughs> There's a great old Marywood children where Clyde Drexler's like undoing a spot a spot on this. I don't know why I remember it, but Al takes a shot during like halftime of the the Bulls game to win something, and the shot's going in the air. They 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 cut to Clyde Drexler in his mind. He goes, "I bet if we had him instead of Danny Ainge, we could have won the title." <laughs> <laughs> that's how always remember Danny Ainge's Blazer tenure. That that little scene. Texture says, within the past four years, a lot of law schools are accepting GRE scores instead of the LSAT. What is that? I mean, GRE and, and LSAT is, they're on different scales, I think. Do you know what GRE stands for? It's a general... Reading? It's a general something exam, I think. It's okay. like a general test. I mean, you didn't know what the L stood for. So well, the L stands for law. Well, I thought that's what you said. You said no. No, I didn't say no. You were like, doesn't the L stand for law? Oh, they said no. Then then. I just laughed. No. Yeah. Well, you laughed as if I said something stupid. No, it's the, it's the law school interest. <laughs> okay. That's what I figured. Or application. Yeah, the way you yeah, giggled at me, test. though, I assumed you. I said something dumb. No. You know? Well, you did. Yeah, of course it stands for law. <laughs> I, 
I would hope that the, I mean, that would have kind of ruined me. The only thing I was good at in law school was the LSAT. So. <laughs> Everybody, I remember when I got into law school, everybody's like, the people who did the best on the LSAT, they, they're typically the ones who do the best in law school. Was not the case for me. Because <laughs> I definitely did one of the best on the LSAT. You'd have done good class. on the bar, probably. You're just a good test taker. Maybe. I don't See, know. I'm not a good test taker. But I mean, they have, they have tests in law school, and I was not great at those. So <laughs> How would you know you were there like a week? A year. A day. And two full semesters and two full classes. My grades were pretty consistent. It wasn't like they they turned her. They were better the second semester. They were not dramatically better. Best class, best best part of law that you had the best grade in. Uh, basic legal skills, because that was the one where you do <laughs> you write a. Is he jaywalking? Yes. <laughs> no, you do actually go to court for that, and you argue in front of like a, a judge. It's like the big thing at the end of school. Actually, I did that on the day that Bellman won the national title because I went downtown, argued. And then went to shenanigans to watch you know, Bellman in the national title game 2011. And so it was a great day. Shenanigans. What was your worst grade then in class? What was I, the one thing I do not want to hire Rutherford to represent me in court for? I think my worst. They were all pretty bad. Um, <laughs> it was easy to pick out the good one opposed to the bad. Yeah. <laughs> I did well in property. I think contracts may have been my worst. Okay. So no hires you an agent. Well, yeah, don't do that. I, I can understand that if you signed into this radio show. Contracts clearly is not your strong point. Um, criminal law was, was my worst. I think I had that second semester. No, 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 not criminal law. Civil procedure. That was my worst one. I can't remember the title. That's how bad I was. naming things. Because you don't take criminal law first year. Uh, Civ Pro was, was my, probably my worst. Okay. And then contracts was not great. Torts I was okay in. Property I was pretty good in. Torts? Like the movie with the... Uh, Torts. T-O-R-T-S. The motorcycle movie? No. Basically, legal skills I killed, but that was only second semester. And then first semester, you had legal research, which was I was not good reading. At. No, it's just I had to like look up stuff at the law library. It's reading, like, right? No, not, not necessarily. All right, all right, let me ask you a question: When you look it up, how do you understand what what you're looking up? What do you mean? Like, how do you figure out what you're looking up? There's a whole online system. But how do you how do you how do you you read it? Right? What? It's reading. I have no idea what you're talking about. I said you said research. I said it's just a class about reading, and you're like, no, no, it's not. But that's how you get you research. Use, you, read. you have to use different. Why, why am I explaining this to you? You have to use. <laughs> we have two minutes left in the show. Are there audio books on this research? No. Then it's all reading. I don't think you. No, it's not all reading. It's about how to find. It's like, it's like the Dewey Decimal System for law school. Like understanding the whole the whole like nature of legal research. And you have to read to do that. We have to read to do everything, yeah. Not necessarily. What law class do you think would not involve reading? One that involves, like, talking? There's no. They all involve reading. You have to read in every... You have to read for every job, pretty much. Not necessarily. I mean, this one... Even this one. We talk for three hours. You still have to read. You would think. You do. Tell us how fast does DJ Wagner become the number one player with on three after he announces his decision? Are, isn't he already the number one player on all three? I thought he, I mean, he's in the top, top no pun intended, three, though, isn't he? I think he will. No, he will. I think he's in the top three in everybody's rankings. Yeah. After the, the dude going to South Carolina, Gigi. Uh, Recommitted, yeah. D he's still going to South Carolina. Yeah. He's there. I did like that he got asked during SCMD Media Day, like, do you feel like, like, how confident are you in being able to change the tide and the perception of the South Carolina program? And he was like, not that much. I'm only 17 years old, <laughs> like, which, I thought, which I thought was a great answer. He's like, I don't know if I can do all that. But uh, what do you want from me, dude? I'm 17. <laughs> I'm only going to be here one year. Texas says, so based on Harlow's college game day appearance, is there any fear of him just getting all the players and recruits totally baked for Louisville Live? I mean, possibly. I don't know. 
I'm not going to Whatever works. I mean, we blame it. Whatever happens with these Louisville Live recruits, I, it's Harlow getting the credit of the blame. It's not Kenny Payne. It's on Harlow to save this class. I'm just saying, if guy driving baked is a lot safer than a guy driving drunk. Texas says, Trevor, Ryan Lemon had the exact same opinion about the NBA as you did this morning on KSR. Okay, why are you screwing with me, Texer? <laughs> Texas says, the bar exam is two and a half days, six hours a day. I'm a lawyer and who will judge your law trivia. Also, Trevor, you can take the baby bar like Kim Kardashian did. Ooh, I can do that? You could. She did. She's technically, I guess, a lawyer who didn't go to law school. I, and, and and this texture was lawyer. I would, I would yeah, I'd love to to have some. I want I want to do this with you. I want to do a trivia law trivia with you. I want to test TV tr- knowledge versus real knowledge. I'm game. Texas hearing about not having buy-in yet was it coaching and players' attitudes that doomed Mac? It didn't help for sure. I, mean, a lot I think everybody was to blame with yeah. last year. Yeah, I think, I think Mac certainly bears his own. I mean, it all, it was share. the butterfly effect of not making the tournament though. I mean, you think about it, we do. I mean, you've yeah. talked about we talked about make this the tournament. We make that tournament. Everything changes. You don't fire the coaches. You don't get the FBI. You don't do probably the turnover you do in, in transfers. You probably go a different way in transfers, nonetheless. It's, it's a whole new world, and I don't just mean Aladdin. Texas is the last one we get to. Happy IRP Eve. We still need guards. Is every day going to be <laughs> IRP Eve on the text line today from now on? Yes. Sure. Why not? All right. Uh, what do we have tonight? Uh, Yankees and Astros game two. The Yankees get beat last night. They're still in Houston. Second game, 737 TBS. Uh, TK, who you got tonight? Um, I see Yankees bounce back tonight. I think they were hungover yesterday. They they looked like it a little bit. They, they struck should out, be. They struck out seventeen times. The Astros struck out twice. It was the biggest disparity in strikeouts in the history of the Major League Baseball did you playoffs. Did doing crap about all the strikeouts? Uh, no, actually, we were talking about how one of our old teachers called me like two nights ago. That was what we texted about. <laughs> he was, he was fine. Well, no wonder the now 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 wait a minute. That's where the concentration of this Yankees coaching staff is. Maybe I'm going Astros. New York media, listen to the show. All your Severino versus Valdez tonight. I think that I, I think the Astros win this game too. I do too. I think they go up 2-0, wow. and the Yankees fight back in New York. But tonight at Minute Maid Park, the Strohs win again. All There's right. The other uh, other NLCS going on tonight? No, no, no games here tonight. Padres stormed back yesterday. That was a fun game. Uh, series is even at one. They're back at it tomorrow. Can right. you name them Thursday night football game? Uh, Cardinals versus Saints. Does anybody care? No, I cared so much that I forgot it was happening. I, the only reason I recognized it was because Taylor Swift apparently is teasing something on the show tonight. Okay, real quick, who you got? Uh, New Orleans. Give me a sense, too. Uh, everyone enjoy your Thursday nights. I got to get out of here with Jack O'Lantern. Oh, Spectacular yeah. time. Can't wait, baby. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 3. Can I go? No. <laughs>